0: How do you learn who you really are? It's not found in books, it's found on the battlefield warriors welcome back to the battlefield of mind i am rick you guys have probably heard me now for the last hundred episodes but i am with one bad mother lover let's go in and talk to this knight himself mr cal knight and uh we're gonna get into some hardcore warrior talk that uh get your notebooks ready i feel like this is gonna be one where you're like holy crap there's a lot going on that i should have taken notes for so just get ahead of it ahead of time And then I pass the ball over to who the heck is Cal Knight? I got to know who this guy is. So that way, when we start killing things, you understand the premise. Cal, who are you?
1: Hey, thanks, Rick. I appreciate it. So to make this something that's exciting and succinct, I won't get into reverting back to my early years per se, but let's just say on this journey of self-awakening and awareness, I've discovered that I'm much more than just this physical meat vessel that, is relatively handsome and successful in the business world of luxury watches but much more also a spiritual eternal entity that is timeless and and it's been quite an amazing journey i felt like i've lived 22 lives um started out my career early on in sales energy tech and then elevated into the luxury uh asset space with watches and cars which kind of opened up my eyes to how wealth works, but I didn't come from a wealthy background. I didn't come from a wealthy family. So to change my mindset and start questioning traditional paradigms of what I was taught and what my environment told me I would be is where the journey started opening up for me and where I started cracking this cosmic egg of following my telos or my higher purpose. And as I continue to follow that calling and do things that seem traditionally per se risky, I realized that that's where the gold was. So as I continued to follow this like pull that I was feeling in my, my soul, I unlocked meeting new partners, networking with amazing individuals who've accomplished some amazing things and got into teaching. Uh, I started coaching folks in the uh, business sense when it comes to alternative assets and how to integrate that into their life and their business. Very successful. Again, I think we have 12,000 members at this point. It's one of the highest grossing online courses uh, in the world. And then again, as I continue to question philosophically and spiritually what was going on in this world and everything around it called the matrix, uh, I had some breakthroughs. And that's where I started to realize that even if we're excellent at certain secular things in this life, there's so much more to who we are. And to ask the question and to seek that very question, who am I, is one of the most beautiful things that we can we can go after and that's that's what led me here now that's what led me to great people like you and you know I could go into some of the esoteric stuff forever but we
0: can talk maybe about maybe we will it we'll yeah, maybe we will see so maybe we will all right so we're into the the challenge the matrix uh, i think that just to make sure we're clear people uh, abuse this sentence pretty hard can you at least give me an idea what the heck does that even mean challenge the matrix what's the matrix blue pill red yeah. pill what am i doing i don't know <laughs>
1: So the matrix, I know it's been overused and I actually don't like to use it, but it works. And the matrix is this reality that we live in that we've been programmed to believe is the only way to live. So the matrix is something that many people don't see and few people do see for what it is. And more and more people are fortunately through conversations like this, starting to see it for what it is. And the reason most people don't see the matrix, you know, it's not necessarily like a block or like a cube or et cetera, even though you could many polymaths say that it looks like that form in sacred geometry. I'm pretty what sure it's really the green like, numbers and letters that go down. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Exactly. That's like if we want to go really deep down the rabbit hole, technically everything we experience is under the language of like mathematics. So even though I'm Cal, you're Rick. I guarantee you, if we boiled it down, you could look at a bunch of ones and zeros and it's a program pattern that is occurring in this, this space time. So without getting too weird about that though, to, to make it tangible, what I like to say the matrix is, is essentially all of the programming, whether it's the education, the family you grew up around, the environments you started with, the, the coworkers you're, you're with right now that continue to perpetuate this narrative that there's only certain ways to do things, and that's called the status quo. And this matrix is seemingly something that's safe and harmless to a lot of people, when in fact it's the number one thing that prevents people from evolving and growing. It's like a mental prison that some don't know they're in, and some actually start seeing, and then you can make the choice to you know, fight to escape or step outside of, if that's... I guess that's the best way to put it, so... We could go continue down the details. With you, that. Yeah, you're doing warrior talk. You fight your way out. You say like fight your way out. You have to. Yeah, it's it's I not a. It, it, this I'm glad you named this warrior mindset. I think a lot of people are warriors spiritually too and and mentally, even if they don't think they are. Not necessarily like what the traditional like sense is. Most people relate it to physique, like as men especially. But it's a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's about a fight is. To be genuinely authentic today, like I don't want to be dogmatic, but from several observations and knowing a lot of people and experiencing a lot, in order to be authentic today, it is a hundred percent a fight the entire way, because you are essentially standing for something that's original in a world that is almost a hundred percent artificial, fake, ego-based. You know, go go with the flow of what everyone wants. You know, I seek attention where everyone will make me feel better instead of just saying what you truly feel and who you truly are and what you believe in. To be authentic is a is a war. It really is.
0: So. Yeah. I, well, let me let me throw something out because there's a lot of things that you said I want to play into. But even the concept of authenticity being a battle, I think it's a battle until you get to a point, until you get to a point that's much closer to authenticity. And the more authentic you truly understand thyself, the less of a fight it is you can't convince me of something that I know isn't me. So if you, if, you know, somebody is saying, Hey, you're fucking stupid. Well, this is a judgment that people would throw around or like, and right. thing think of this say, like, this is the way that I will try to make you feel a certain way based on a, a judgment that I cast your direction. And we go like, Oh, I don't want you to think I'm stupid. So what do I have to do to make it? So you don't think that, and they'll, we'll try and alter ourselves to fit in whatever judgment or blame or shame is thrown our direction. Well, the further that you go into your authenticity, the more that somebody says a judgment seems easy to not even have to fight. What I mean is if I said, hey, Cal, you're nine feet tall. Right. Do you feel offended? Do you feel like you have to change? You need taller shoes. You get some stilts. So that you have to change yourself in some way. You go like pretty good at measurements for the unit because you said feet, which means I can measure the unit of which you're trying to say I am but I know that I am not nine feet tall. I would be the world record holder in height. That's not true. Right. So it doesn't offend me or hurt me or make me want to alter myself or change me because I know myself mm-hmm. and I am not nine feet tall. So I do not have to adhere to that. So there is no fight. It's a, okay, cool. Well, thanks, bud. Like <laughs> I that you said a thing, you did it, but there's no battle with that one. Now the battles come in is when there's a little more truth to it. Like uh, And people have a a, a corresponding belief that may go along with that judgment. Like, uh, maybe you're not that good at this. And you're like, well, parts of me have felt like that too sometimes. So, shit. I can't say it's as crazy as the nine feet tall thing because I've also kind of agreed at points that maybe sometimes that's there. And then that becomes a little more of a fight because I haven't gone far enough to know. And I think it's the part of the journey that you get to a point where you're like, no, I'm good at this, but no, thanks for your observation. It's There's a point where it's not a fight anymore and I don't feel offended or I don't feel uh, I have to defend myself, especially when I have thousands and thousands of comments that are part of the shit show. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) cool, dude. (laughs) Like I'm not fighting that. I don't, you know, I had somebody make a video to try to go against me yesterday and I just kind of like, Cool. (laughs) Okay. Like that's completely all right. That's not a battle for me. That's just a, they're in their shit and they think that I'm a part of it. That's adorable. Thank you. Yeah. So that's, I'm just going to maybe put out, there's a point where you have to fight to the point of authenticity, but once you get closer (laughs) to it, you can't really convince me of something that I know is not.
1: Yeah. I like that. Um, and I'll add, add to that and then also maybe add in a perspective of it that helps people get to that point because t- a lot of the triggers come from emotional-based triggers, right? So when you said you can't argue, you could, but it would be silly to argue you're nine feet tall. Well, it's almost objective. And most people around you will also observe that you're not nine feet tall. And so the consensus or the collective consciousness goes, he's not nine feet tall. So you're wrong. So you're crazy. But if you say something that's triggering, like you're never going to be enough because of your father and you have deep seated issues with your father, then you are essentially programmed to basically you're reacting to that and saying, well, you may pretend you're okay. And then you start getting in your head and rummaging and you start going off the rails. And like you said, you want to prove to people that you are what you are or not. So I'm with you on that. It's a, it's a war of internal self. It's like finding your true self and being confident and, in your solid state of that, uh, truthfully and being, being strong about it. But one of the things that's really hard and it's a courageous journey too, is there are times when being authentic, it's not just about your triggers and your trauma and your healing. It's about, it could be financially detrimental to you to be authentic sometimes. And you have to stand up for that and be prepared to take care of yourself and your family and the people you lead and still remain authentic. So I'll give you an example. You may be in an office or a business venture where the person who's leading it is narcissistic and you don't agree with the way that they're handling things and it's not correlated to how you like to live life and do business. And you're making a lot of money together, but it goes against your core values. So at some point you have decisions to make, which is, do I continue to placate this and be aligned to this and make a shitload of money? Or do I try to do something else and stay more aligned to my authentic path? And that's just one example. But financially, that is detrimental in some senses. It may not be in the long run, meaning the good news is you go out and do your own thing. You have a better life. You end up maybe making a lot more money. But there's other things that are being run in these programs of the matrix that make it a war beyond just our emotional triggers. It's like sometimes it is almost like you are... Removing yourself from the pack, you know, in ancient times, if you were separated from the pack, you were essentially left to die because it was food, it was shelter, it was people fighting together as a tribe. Now we have more capacity to live and thrive alone, but it's still that maverick mindset that's like, in order to be my true self, I actually have to be alone and not be aligned to the group or the herd. But it's actually detrimental sometimes because it causes isolation, loneliness, Uh, the unique feeling that can kind of be a struggle, you know? So it's like this duality of, Okay, and this feels, feels great, great. I'm being my authentic self, but I'm also gonna be it's gonna be a tougher journey sometimes. It's gonna be lonely sometimes, you know?
0: Like- well, this is this is part of the journey for the answer, but still not a solution. So I still don't know what it is. You're not wrong, is there's a period and with the with the concept of tribal mentality at the moment, there is a period that people don't talk about where there is loneliness, isolation, uh you're pariah, you're set, you're kicked out, you're exiled. There's a there's a moment. Now, this is where I, 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 you know, use terminologies like the eagles and chickens. Like there's a moment where the eagle stops acting like a chicken, but doesn't fit in with the other eagles yet. And what people don't understand is when you outgrow your drinking buddies and when you outgrow your party dudes and when you outgrow your, uh, you know, poor behaviors that were like, you know, distracting and not working towards anything of yourself. When you go like, you know what, guys, I, I love what you're doing and it's fun playing Call of Duty for th- 14 hours a day. I love it. But I, I think I have something more I need to be doing. So I'm going to stop doing the stuff with you guys, but I don't yet fit in to whatever I'm going to be doing next. And I think people don't talk about that transition period enough because that's where you learn who you really are. It's the chrysalis phase that looks like you're not doing anything at all, but really everything is changing. Now you don't get to go and hang with the caterpillars and then just go right to the butterflies. There's a part where you have to do this alone. Mm -hmm. And that's the part where most people not all, most, will go, I don't like the alone, and go right back to the old group. They go back to the old mentality. They go back to where they belonged and had acceptance and safety, security, and they will compromise their values, and they will compromise and and abandon their dreams, and they will throw their goals in the garbage, and they will go back and get prestige 16 in their Call of Duty character. They will (laughs) go back to what it was, right? But the the few that have that fortitude to say, you know, I'm never going back, but I don't know what's forward, so let's keep going, will then find themselves evolving into the next tribe, the ones that fly. Yeah. That's beautiful. Hey, I, I like you that. You can fly, and I believe in you, too. And you start hanging out, and you start doing stuff where you flutter and fall, and you flutter and fall. And then you start seeing other ones. You're like, dude, what you doing? You're not staying on the ground with the rest of them? you like, no, nah, man, I think there's more. You're <laughs> like, all right. I see what you're doing, and I I think you can do it. Let me show you something here, and I'll show you how to fly a little better. And then you start hanging out with other birds that fly. And you're like, holy shit, there's a whole world. And if you ever try and go back to the original chickens and you try and do eagle speak, they're going to go, no, you can't, Cal. That's impossible. Nobody can ever do that. You're crazy. That's a stupid idea. That'll never work. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. But these are the transitions that people don't talk about is that middle space where you didn't belong with the eagles and you didn't belong with the chickens. Mm-hmm. You belonged nowhere. And this part is where you get to learn who you are. You'll reveal you to yourself. Are you a quitter? or Are you a fighter? Are you a damsel or are you a warrior? You will learn if you push forward or if you fall back. If you wait yeah. for someone to save you or if you're going to create the way, you'll learn who you are. You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And it's that part That seems to go untalked about often. Everyone talks about the answer, but not the solution.
1: Yeah, you're right. I love that. And the transition is where the the beauty of the gold is for sure. So thank you for that analogy. I think it's great. And I want to supplement it with something that I just talked to Coach Kavanaugh. He trains Blake uh, Johan Blake. Landon Collins, Goldberg, the wrestler, mental coach. And I connected with him on the Maverick Activation Podcast. I'll introduce you to him. Great guy to know. But he talks about similar things where it's this—it's called telos, which is your higher purpose, like your, your bigger spiritual purpose. But you can keep repeating this pattern of this bridge of what you just said. And the way that he said it and the way that I connect with it seems to resonate with this eagle analogy. But I like this one where – you essentially get to a point in your life, whether it's a good point or maybe just a safe point, where you've accomplished a lot, you feel comfortable, you feel secure, and maybe those are the people you keep around you, are your drinking buddies, or maybe their business colleagues or partners, and you reach this little peak. And you sit on the peak and you go, well, this is pretty nice up here. Like, I feel good. I have my people. I make good money. I have a great job. But there's something calling inside. And it's like, there's got to be more to this. like Maybe it's something negative that's happening to you where you like are drinking. And you're like, I don't want to just be this person. I don't want to just go out and get drunk. There's just got to be more. Or maybe you're living a good life, but you're like, I just don't feel like I'm fulfilling everything that I have the capacity to fulfill. And so you're sitting on this peak, but you see a higher peak, which is the telos. And in between this peak where you've brought these people with you that have followed you, you now have a decision to make that looks actually really hard and, and scary because there's a giant valley that accompanies this next peak. And that valley is the valley of despair where you essentially look at this peak and you go, I know there's more, but to get there, I'm probably going to have to do things that are going to be very hard, lonely, awkward. Like you said, on the way to becoming an eagle where you have to, you have to face yourself. You have to basically say, do I want to be with this group? Drinking every night. If the answer is no, I have to make a decision. Guys, I love you. I'm gonna take a hiatus. I got to do this for me. I got to move to a different state. I have this new thing I'm pursuing. You know, you might have a six-figure job with a family, and you want to go pursue an entrepreneurial venture. Like that's not an easy jump. If you've ever done it, you're like, uh, I could lose everything. So I like talking about the valley that gets you to the next telos. And some people will stay with you throughout that journey, and those people are your people. Like those are like, even if there's two or three over the like a hundred. Those people will follow you to the next peak and then that's your, you know, ultimate purpose. And some coaches can help guide you to that through a bridge to make it less painful. But I really think we're the ones who have all the answers and we're the ones who have to almost be our own internal guide our own internal coach which we should talk about too because oh no
0: we will because we we ask the questions that people don't know to ask yet yeah the, the way i just took what you were saying is the the hero with a thousand faces the joseph campbell book yeah where you get yeah. into like this is just the way that all of the stories go for the hero who goes through like that you know call to adventure and refusing refusing the call and the supernatural aid and i think what i was hearing from this metamorphosis aspect is where people have gone into the road of trials enough to have some success. And then they run into the woman as temptress phase, Mm -hmm. which is where the hero is tempted to abandon or stray from his quest. Traditionally, the temptation is a love interest, but it can also manifest itself in other forms like wealth and fame or simple security. Like, hey, I did pretty good. I made it. Hey, right. did you see that win? I won. And they're like, hey, you did, but you, you didn't finish, but you did get some W's in there. And they're like, nope, good enough, man. I'm just going to stay right here. And it's very tempting to not go and fight Darth Vader when you've got some some wins under your belts. You know, I don't need to go do the big fight. I don't need to figure all that out. I, I'm, okay. I'm going to stay here. And people stay in a couple of these phases for a long time, but this one can be years yeah you're years. right you're stuck in that like i did i did, I had some wins i had some successes i was on that show or i did that thing or i won that championship or i did a thing here i made some money like i did i'm doing okay but not really doing what you're meant to do because you're right you stuck yourself from a little bit of some wins
1: you're right i love that yeah people study joe campbell's Hero's journey. It's actually insanely amazing how the archetype fits into almost everyone who's following their calling's journey or the book, The Alchemist, which I love by Paulo Coelho. Um, and it's very similar, but it's, you know, I was listening to, oh, <laughs> there you go. Boom. <laughs> yeah. It's a classic. So, you know, I was listening to Dion Sanders recently who had the same experience. And what was interesting about the way he said it was throughout his journey, it was like on paper, he had everything that every human could ever dream of right? 10 cars in the driveway, eight women in his bed, you know, multi-million dollar contracts, but he was at the most depressed he had ever been. He was like doing pills, you know, borderline suicidal. And it's like, mentally, one may think, how can you get to that point when egotistically or, or achievement wise, you're achieving everything that you're meant to do. But the truth of the matter is, I think people in their ego always think they're meant to do something until they either have a breakthrough, or they connect to something that's, a form of suffering for higher intent and they go fuck like there's more here than i could have ever imagined and i just have to let it out or i have to at least try to pursue it even if i fall even if i am not this fame amazing fame uh success right and uh celebrities have a harder time i think than most with this because they trap themselves in their own ego based on the character they create with their art or their craft and people think they have it great and i'm like I know artists who are authentic, who have a great life. I know artists who are not authentic, who are very successful, who feel like they're trapped, like they can't be themselves because they've created this successful ego shell around who they are. So mm-hmm. I just and, wanted to add to that because
0: it's fair. Important. Well, it's part of the find thyself. And this is where I think you and I are on the same the same mission here, where, like, we help people find thyself. Like, do mm-hmm. you ask the right questions to get past your own security? And in this case, um, even in my own journey, one of the toughest things that I can relate to with Deion Sanders is one of the hardest battles I ever had to
1: do was truly winning. Was truly what? Winning. Oh, winning. When you win. Yeah.
0: What what do you learn when you win?
1: Well, when I win, I learn that it feels great, and then I just want more of the winning. I don't necessarily want to.
0: What what did you learn? How did you grow from the win? Right.
1: You don't learn as much as when you lose, that's for sure. When you
0: get your ass kicked, you pay (laughs) attention. But if you won, you're like, who's the man? But if you lost, you're (laughs) like, what just fucking happened there? Like, I'm paying attention now. I'm learning three to four times more when I lose than when I win. Yeah. Now, even when I was like, hey, I need more clients, I need more clients, I wish I had more viril- virility out here on the social media platform, and then I blew the fuck up, and I was booked out for four months, and I did not have the infrastructure for it. Okay. I couldn't deal with how many clients showed up. I had a bunch of money, but I, I was losing my damn mind trying to keep up with all of the jobs now I had to do to sustain it, mm-hmm. and I was like, holy crap, I, I almost hit burnt out twice because I was overwhelming myself from winning. Mm -hmm. I won. I had it. I got it. Yeah. And I was about to lose my mind. I was going crazy because I couldn't keep up with the victory. And Deion Sanders, same thing. I have all of the wins, but there's this this fight inside of me of now, what do I do that I have everything? There's no drive. There's no goal. There's no purpose. There's no reason to do more. And I am kind of feel like I'm – trapped in my own bullshit now because now what is there to do I did right and so now I live for what
1: right and the, the way I love the way you just share that and the reason is let this this will lead into a really good thing that I think we're trying to get to for most people that they need to hear which is everyone is so fucking dogmatic online now like everyone projects out like they know everything they're like do this 10 tips to fucking blah blah I'm like first of all No, try not to be judgmental, but 90% of these fuckers have never done any, like no, no real business success, no mental change. It's just like toxic attention grabbing shit Two, I believe we are the only ones who truly know what we know and can find that, but we get there through the questioning. And the way you just said that was like, well, now what's left now? Who am I now? What do I pursue seeking those questions? And then following your own internal guide is, is what opens it. We can't just be like, here, this is what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Like, people want that. They want to be handed on a silver platter. This is your path. And it's yeah. like, okay, great. That sounds easy. But you are the only one who knows what you're meant to do. And well, if you they, don't ask the don't, questions, they, how are you going to get the answers? You know what I mean? They like, don't.
0: And even still, there's so many traps in this question game. There's so many traps, especially in the answer game. <laughs> yeah, I, I do agree with you. I've gone to the psychology conventions. I've gone to coaching events. I've gone to all these things. And I would be... I would be rounding up if I said it was even 10% truly have the gift for this job. Most just really? want to share an opinion or have yep. attention. Most want to just be the guy or be the girl and just right. share like hey here's what I want to share my opinion is. So it's a really difficult game to find the authentic ones who have really done it and I've talked to warriors who are so fucking deeply connected into what they're like they they've gotten to the point that like that's a real one and they don't advertise the same way. Oh, yeah. The the Eagles don't have to do the flashy marketing. They don't do that. They're like, I charge high dollar because I'm really good at what I do, but I know what I can handle, and it takes an exhausting toll on me to do this (laughs) expertise. Right. Like, I don't put it out there that way. I don't need to. So it's no different than when I trained. I trained MMA, and I was out in Couture's gym, and you train with people like Martin Campman, and people are top five in the world. And you'd think that these like MMA experts are like, yo, hey, what's up, Cal? I can kick that guy's ass. I can kick his ass. I could kick his ass. Hey, you got a friend? I could kick his ass. I could kick everyone's ass. <laughs> the people who are at the top don't even talk about, they don't even talk about it. He was more excited about his two year old girl's birthday party than MMA. We didn't yep. even bring up combat. He doesn't talk about that stuff because. The guys who are really doing it don't have to be flashy. I don't have to convince you I'm a good guy if I'm a good guy. I'm a good person, Cal. Hey, Cal, I'm a good person. Stop. I'm a good person. Let me sell all of the reasons why you should believe I'm a good person. Well, good people don't need to sell you on being good. They're just good. And this is where I think this is where I'm with you is where most people out there are trying to tell you the answers. But, again, even the last podcast I did yesterday with a group of guys, they caught on very quickly that the answer is not the solution is something I say often, but sometimes it takes people a year or two to catch on what I'm saying. I'm like, the answer is not, it's not the solution. There's so many aspects of like, let me give you the 10 steps of the answers. Here's, here's you, here's the other side of the river. There's a river between here. You want to be on the other side and that's where happiness is. Go get your, go get it everybody. And you're like, yeah, other side of the river. That's awesome. I know what I'm supposed to do. How the fuck do I get across this river? I don't know. Do I get a boat? Do I build a boat? Do I need a raft? Do I get a bridge? There's a current. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. I don't know how to build a bridge. I don't have anybody who knows what they're doing here. Nobody else has gotten the other side that I know. Everyone says it can't be done. How the fuck do I get over there?
1: Yeah.
0: I know the answer. The other one I do is this. And this is one I've been using for a few years now. What's that? Nice little
1: Rubik's Cube there. It's, Rubik's
0: like. cube. it's a solved Rubik's <laughs> Cube. I know what a solved Rubik's Cube is. All the colors are out <laughs> the same on each side. Yep. And people even have like like, bro, I got greens. Greens are good. I got the greens. Money is easy. Money is abundant. Money is everywhere. You can follow your dreams for money. And the rest of their fucking cube looks like this. It's all fucked up. They don't have shit. They just got one side of the cube done. Yeah. And they're like, like, I'm just gonna I'm, I turn the back side all the time. I can't turn the green side though, because it'll fuck up yeah. my green. So I gotta just do this side over here. I'm an expert though. Their right. relationships are failing. Their their life is falling apart. They have no close friends. They trust no one. They hate themselves. They live in an imposter syndrome and they wake up having to dread putting on the persona of the moneymaker. Making character so right. that way they can be the big money mike you know instead of being authentic to themselves and you're right where people are saying i know the answer dude i know the answer 10 steps to a solved rubik's cube one do the greens two do the oranges three <laughs> do the whites and you're like that's not how you solve a <laughs> fucking cube bro like the people right. who know are like Right, that's not how you do that. Exactly. You got to fuck your greens up to get. <laughs> I mean, you can see done. through
1: it a mile away. You're like, okay, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know exactly what. That's a really good analogy too. And when you're talking about the river, you know, I think people sell the solution because of two reasons. One, it's sexier, and two, people are really desperate. Like, and I don't want them to be, but people are like, have turned into sheep. Like, they're like, just tell me what to do, and it's like, stop succumbing to some of these fucking demigods and just wake the fuck up and do what you need to do to save yourself. Cause no one's going to save you. So I'd rather teach children or the youth or the future, how to think than how, then what the answer is, meaning instead of giving them the answer, like one plus one equals two, how to critically think about something so that they can come up with the solution five different ways and say, does that make sense? Should I be doing this? How can I pursue this? Cause that's what we're not showing people is like yeah. how to critically question shit that you're doing every single day. That is probably killing you or fucking up your entire life, but you aren't consciously aware of it. So just simply by moving through life, subconsciously your entire life is just predicating mm-hmm. the pattern you're on like a track of the past. Yeah. You're just, you're like, where's the answers? And then some guru tells you an answer that fucking looks sexy And then you try it for a week. Why isn't it working? Okay, first of all, because you're different than those fuckers. Two, you only tried it for a week. Uh (laughs) Three, that guy only has the greens on his Rubik's cube, and you're trying to get all of them together. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm with you, man. It's just, and that's why it's good that you're putting this out, and the real ones are starting to aggregate more and more. I think like we're kind of the Maverick Activation, the Initiative term is like a spark. Like we're just trying to spark them to start thinking and, and wake up and get into fighting mode to be themselves. Because if they do. It's like a chain reaction, um, wanna, but it's not ready for everything. Cool, Cal. Like,
0: Cal, let's do something cool. I want to do something that most people don't expect on a podcast, and I want to do something badass. Let's kill stuff, something. Let's show people the steps to kill something. There are things that you have defeated, and you understand the stages right. that it takes to defeat it. Right. Now, if you could take something right now that you know people are, are working through, could be fear, it could be anxiety, it could be depression, it could be anger, whatever it is. Pick anything that you know that gets in the way of people's shit that you're like, this is how you beat it. That's the answer. But this is the actual solution. You put one down, I'll put one down, and we'll make this a $10,000 episode. I love it. I love it. I love it. So what right. would you defeat if you're like, this is what, if I can just leave people with this fucking solution now practice starting today, you now have each step. What would be
1: the one that you would like? This is the one everybody I'm going to hit you with today. I love it, man. Good shit. Uh, I'm going to say ego and I'll explain. So I, I feel like ego is misunderstood. Ego when it is mastered is a tool, meaning it's something that you do actually integrate and use To elevate your message and get what you want, but it becomes an entire prison and block if you don't see it or if you don't know consciously that it's there. And uh, I'll use an analogy of a journey of someone who I think represented that, that most people know to help them understand how to dissolve the ego and then become no one. And Ram Das would say, become no one, which I love. And I actually had a full blown ego death where my body dissolved in a mirror and I couldn't even see myself, which was insane. It was I like this whole fucking thing I'll share with you. But how many mushrooms were you on? <laughs> zero
0: mushrooms.
1: Zero you, drugs.
0: How much masculine was happening at the moment?
1: <laughs> Some crazy shit, but zero drugs. So uh, Kanye West is one of my favorite examples of this ego death and how to leverage ego. So Kanye West is came from mid-class a uh, single mother in Chicago and basically was told no thousands of times when he was becoming an artist and a, a rapper and was put down and was told, you can't do this. You're not good enough. Not only by people who are under him and the environment of those chickens, but Eagles meaning like producers and people who knew what they were looking at and basically said, you're not going to make it in the rap game. You're not an artist and had to leverage the tool of ego to continue to pursue something that he believed in that he thought he was gifted at to share with the world. And as time went on, he continued to follow himself instead of other people's opinions authentically and became one of the most successful, influential hip hop artists of our time. So as that escalated, you were like, where's this creation coming from? He's so artistic, he thinks so different. And people loved it. They loved 2004, Mm -hmm. six, Kanye, like the best guy on planet earth. And then when he started getting too high up in the atmosphere, the ego started taking over, right? Because it was a tool that was leveraged to get to where he was. But when he got there, he started discounting people who cared about him and what they were saying. So he had close people saying, you're going too close to the sun, Icarus. You're getting too hot. It looks like you're being narcissistic. You're like, you're coming off saying you've you've killed God or whatever. Like I'm Jesus Christ, you know, cool, whatever. (laughs) But at the same time, it's like, You can kind of sit there and go, well, are you? Maybe, maybe not. And he has a line in his song, I think it was more like 2009, where he says, I've been talking to God so long, he finally started talking back. And his mother died that year through a surgical accident, which crushed him because it was the closest woman in his life. So he was basically admitting, like, I've been basically taunting Jesus and God my entire life. And then, like, the universe is correcting and balancing, meaning, like, eventually you have a big enough ego I don't care if it's a person who's equalizing you. The universe is going to equalize the ego, meaning you're going to hit your ceiling and your border and your boundary, and you get broken down to be humbled. So as time went on, he started realizing, well, shit, maybe actually I am a little bit over the top with some of this stuff. So how do I get to the point where I maintain homeostasis and be authentic and still fight this battle, but not get psychopathic, right? And maybe he's still struggling with a lot of that and mental disease. But when you hear him talk, there's actually stuff that is so pure in what he's saying that if he doesn't say it, 99.9% of the people won't get it because they don't understand what it takes to get to that point because they're so locked in. So I like to use that. And and when I think of dissolving the ego, what I really think is you have to understand that there is a boundary to the ego where you start getting to a point where you're like, you're going to get checked by people that love you, not people that don't love you, but people that love you. Or the world, and you're going to be humbled. And then you start asking questions that are more aligned to the purity of the intent. So this was a download I got from Spiritual Place, which was essentially like we receive answers from ourselves and the universe in the dimension of which we ask the question. So if we say, why can't I get a good job? the answer is going to be very one-dimensional. Like we might just get something that happens during the day and it's like showing us that a signal, like this is why you're not getting a job. But if we say something like, why do I feel so much pain when I try to pursue something I love? You see where that's coming from? That's coming from your heart. That's not coming from ego. That's not coming from judgment. That's not coming from a predication of your mind trying to be someone. It's not. That's coming from a place where you feel it in your soul and your heart is raw. And when you ask those questions, you start realizing you can be vulnerable and be honest. And it hurts. Sometimes, you know, guys will start breaking down. They'll start crying. But, like, the truth is that's where you get the answers you're seeking, you know? So I think in order to dissolve the ego, it's not that you don't use it, but you need to get out of your head and stop pretending you're someone around these people that don't even fucking care about you and just look in the mirror and get messy with it. Like, do I really not like myself? Do I really need attention? Like ask the questions that you are so afraid of that you don't want the answer to. That's the way to like finally get the breakthrough, right? When you're like dead honest with yourself, even one-on-one, you don't have to write it on a paper and burn it in flames. Like I think a lot of people sacred like to do fine. It's just like look in the mirror and be like, am I really happy right now? Do I like my marriage or would I be happier divorced? You know, like things that are like you to avoid at all costs. So And then you can kind of start seeing it for what it is and integrate it in a more holistic way.
0: You want to see one of my skills for this? What's that? So what my discernment ability is, is to take something very complex, like what you just broke down with the Kanye story, and break it down to the most simple DNA of what it is. Mm -hmm. The core of all of this thing ends up becoming one bad word. Truth. Mm you said, are you willing to ask the questions that scare the shit out of you to answer? Well, what's the scary part of all of this? The truth. Right. Well, you have to be honest with yourself. And the truth will set you free. I do not believe requires confession to another. It mm-hmm. requires you having authenticity and answering it to yourself. Are you a liar? Are you a cheater? Are you an attention whore? Are mm-hmm. you an addict? Are you whatever? Can you at least admit to you what is? And mm-hmm. it doesn't require blame, shame, and judgment. It requires honesty and The reality right now, even in the book I'm working on at the moment, truth seems like the scariest fucking thing in the world. Why do you think denial and distractions are so potent? Because the reality in the war with what is is terrifying. And what I've found with thousands of interviews and work with tons of people that handling the truth is the hardest thing for people to do. So you're saying ask the hard questions and answer the shit out of them. And they're like, oh, that's something I don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Well, what happens if you do it? You find the truth. Well, what's the truth? Then I'll see who I really am and all of the masks that I wear and the personas that I project and the badassery that I try and show everybody and the success mask I wear and the stoic mask I wear and the athlete mask I wear and all the cool guy masks I wear. Well, you'll see through the bullshit and realize I only (laughs) have one side of my cube done. So fuck the truth. (laughs) fuck all of you and if you even try and challenge it you're an asshole because i'm going to hit you with blame shame and judgment because i don't want to be exposed for the reality of what i am it'll make me
1: not good enough i love that man and And so one of the things you said that i want to just highlight because it was really potent in that thank you for summarizing it that was really (laughs) what i was trying to say um but people like you said how to I think, like you just said, people look at like, like this like a scary journey of like judgment and and like it's a bad thing, but honesty in, with yourself is actually a journey of grace. Like it, it's like a journey of loving yourself, which is so it's, interesting, right? Like I hate to be semantical.
0: I did a two hour training on grace with multiple people, and it became a massive debacle. <laughs> Because the concept of the word grace itself has such a large magnitude because you want it to feel like it's forgiveness or understanding, but it's so much different than that. It is. And I've got guys who are doctorates in theology. I have guys who are uh, they are pastors from the Dead Sea Scrolls, and then I've got guys who are highly spiritual and not religious at all. I've got this huge spectrum of warriors who go, I think grace means something totally fucking different. <laughs> so we use these words often often like you have to give yourself grace. And I'm like, wait, wait, if we do it, we got 20 guys doing 20 different things. So the forgiveness element or the understanding without blame, shame and judgment element, we can apply immediately. But if you say a word that means 20 things, people are gonna go, I think I did it, Cal, but I kill <laughs> I, I'm killing myself here.
1: I, I'm no, I'm glad you brought up grace. And the reason I use it, I'm not really, I'm not a, I don't I've been exposed to religion. I've studied religion and I'm not religious. I'm very spiritual and I'm very uh, critical and philosophical. I love the word grace for this reason now, because I have had some earth shattering, can't even explain until I look at Rosicrucian books, experiences with things. And what I define as grace is the rawest form where it's so the, the, the level of love you're experiencing, whether it's self-love or for, for whatever's happening to you, you almost can't describe it. Like it breaks you down to the point where you can't hold back tears and you're just on the ground. Like, And to me, when it, when you're being raw, honest with yourself to the, the core, you actually can do that to yourself. But to me, grace is that it's not something you can describe in words or something that's like, oh, I was just really, really nice and honest with myself. It's like, no, like you had a full on fucking breakdown and like well, you let go. <laughs> like, well, and, again, and like things came in that you couldn't describe like but, it's but just happening like
0: you found the real you yeah it brought me to tears yes and that's what i mean is by truth is yes. the enemy right now and, and what you just described as ego is the opposite of truth and so in the way that you describe that it seems like the enemy i really want to fight against is the lie stay with us we'll be right back Warrior, thank you so much for being a part of the information that we have. And you're part of our story as we are a part of yours. It's very much an honor to be able to connect with each other. If you want to know more or you want to get started with working with me or working with our warriors so that you can begin your path to authenticity, strength, leadership, and accountability, this is the way. Together, we are way stronger. Now you get to choose. Do you go forward or keep doing what you've always done? If you stay where you're at, hey, click on some of the stuff and follow what it is. We got motivational stuff. We've got podcasts. we got more things. Just subscribe and do the stuff and we'll keep you updated. But if you want to start going in, start jumping into what our programs offer and start your journey and being the hero in your own story.
1: Yeah. Or just see it for what it is. And just, it's your brother in arms, but it's not a brother you want to align with. Cause if well, we look at it negatively, then it's also like, we're repressing it lies happen all the time but if we're authentic then we don't bullshit anyone and we're living a true life and hopefully we can inspire others to do the same but we can't well, phases them. of belief
0: because it starts yeah. off with that he did that to me and then like well wait yeah, a second, he did that victim. for you yeah, yeah you know and then it gets into the aspect of the the piece that you're talking about which is the elements where just in case you wonder where i stand i don't believe that a warrior is physical there are four elements to each warrior. We have mind, heart, body, soul. And so if you think that spirit is not part of a warrior strength, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> so, like, um, there are just different people who have a higher propensity for one side of the spectrum than other. You say you are a spirit warrior. I lean into mind and body. You're in spirit and heart. Which mm-hmm. one is stronger? If you think one is better than the other, you're out of your fucking mind. Because oh, yeah. heart side and spirit side changes the world. Don't think that it's different. But like, you know, we need all elements. And so a lot of times people want to lean into who's the biggest, who's the strongest. Well, you're missing the element of purpose. You're missing the right. connection. You're missing love. You're missing the elements of your know, emotions we repress into suppression. And so this, uh, there's a, a an understanding that you're bringing to the table that is a foreign language to how men are taught to be, which may be bringing you a purpose or a battle worth fighting. Yeah, and I, I, I concur. And so this is where people will misunderstand me because of the way I come off that like, well, it's not philosophical enough. And the psychology studies haven't lined up with your emotional uh, connection there. It's like, no, we are all four parts. And if you don't understand that, you're teaching one side of the fucking cube. Yeah,
1: exactly. I love and it. So,
0: and so I agree with you very much. When I opened up Spirit Side, those was a couple of years ago, everything changed. In fact, my entire purpose was redirected from just understanding spirit side. My mm-hmm. heart side was repressed. I didn't even crack it until last ah. year. Oh, wow. You nice. know, because I didn't know that. I was I was doing very well with just mind, body, and then I added spirit. But I didn't need the heart side until I started realizing that all the outlets I was using was still incomplete, and I was still feeling angry. And I'm like, I what am I missing? That. And I had a heart side uh, coach, a heart side warrior Go, bro, This you blocked off your hard side. There's a wall here. There's supposed to be a door here. And once we opened that up, I found inner child stuff, which I didn't know what the fuck anyone was talking about.
1: I know, I know. Like, there are no it's inner new child shit. here. Our Shut parents up. didn't do that shit. <laughs> what? Yeah.
0: I'm looking in mind. I'm looking in body. I'm looking in spirit. There ain't no kids in any of this shit. I'm like, no, no, no. And then where's the depression and broken heart? It was all on the heart side. So I give you full honors for that to say, I see you just challenged truth and lying directly through the armor or protection or prisons that people create through ego. Well played, Warrior.
1: And uh, you just said, I know you want to add one too, but I want to highlight your cube reference again, because I've found with the men that I work with, they all still look to the same side of the cube. That's the light side, right? So the Warriors go, well, physical, I'm in the gym every day. Uh, Money, business, I'm there it's like, what about the relationships and your emotions, dude? Like the ones that you're hiding, you know, you're like, I think I know you think you're good right now. But like, I see that shit boiling inside you and you're going to snap one day. Like you're not working on the shit that's the hardest, most ugly because it doesn't feel good. It's like I don't work on it. I don't
0: actually, Cal, I have it all figured out. Here's what I do. All of my sadness. I do not discuss. And so I convert all of my sadness into anger. And then I take the anger and I convert that into workout. And then workout is turned into progress. And then progress is now success. And so actually, I'm killing it, bro.
1: Yep. You're 100% right. I did a whole episode (laughs) on like the synthetic evolution of like this projected external evolution instead of just realizing just because you have new cars every year or you have a bigger fucking bicep. Like, dude, yeah, but you haven't worked on yourself emotionally or spiritually. And it's going to add up. It's going to happen. And a good analogy I heard about this from speaking of working out is like if you work out every day and you break the muscle down over extended periods of time, by the time you get to the point where you're pushing, you know, big bench weight, you're going to be good and you're going to fight all these battles. But most people don't go to the gym every day spiritually and emotionally. So what happens is they just don't do it. And then something hits them like their father dies or like their relationship ends and they break down. Like Mm -hmm. they go spiral because it's like you just snapped your muscle. Like you had no fucking, you didn't do it to yourself. You didn't build yourself up, you know, Mm -hmm. like you just avoided it, but it's going to come for you. Like the day of reckoning is coming, bro. And like, you're going to get broken, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
0: You reveal you to yourself. And so you may have big biceps, but when it comes to emotional, spiritual, or even sometimes mental, you're very puny. Yeah. You know, and you'll you'll have to carry the weight. You're going to wish it was physical, but it's not.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard.
0: But well, I mean, if you don't train, it is that's for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah or have or have good people like you. Like you said, when you start becoming an eagle, or you honor that alone, mm-hmm. your electromagnetic pulse starts attracting other people of the same nature, and that's what's wonderful because we can have these conversations and support each other versus. You, get, you don't get this level of support from certain people in your life, you know? Like, I
0: want you to fly as high as you can. I don't yeah. have any, we're not, no matter how we speak, you are in no aspect competition because the strongest warrior is all of us together. Yeah, I like that. If you're spirit side and I'm mind body and you're heart and spirit, like together we make a the full yin yang there. So fuck with both yeah. of us. I bet you can handle anything. I'm down. I love that. You see what it's I mean? Rock and, roll. Like, and this is where it's like you see anxiety and you see depression and you see uh, the the excuses and distractions. They they don't hold up when your accountability hold, is with other eagles because I'm going, hey, Cal, I'm going flying today, bro. You should come with. And you're like, I was going to not. Ah, how can I pass it up? All right, I'm coming. And then like you did a thing you weren't going to do, which made you hit a height you weren't going to hit because together we're better. Right. And so that's what eagles and alphas do is they lift each other up and people have a very wrong misinterpretation of I'm a Sigma because I don't give a fuck about nobody. No, you're an asshole. <laughs> that's not a Sigma. You're missing you're, it. You're, you're messing it it up. That
1: A.S.S.A. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're A.S.A. That's what you are. Assa. It's a,
1: it's that's a Greek a, letter.
0: <laughs> we just made it up for you. But um, no, I, I really appreciate where you went with that. And it's cool to team up on those things. I'm going to go back in with your your own story. I'm going to kill one of the things inside the story. One right. of the things that, that knocks people's motivation, kills their dreams, and destroys their self-esteem and can lead into a form of shame and depression. And it's one of the ones that had me beat down for 20 years until I cracked his code. And now we have coffee together every morning, and he's one of the funniest motherfuckers I know. And that's doubt. Mm. Self-doubt and doubt. Doubt shows up in the funniest of ways, and I have a way that you beat doubt immediately. The warriors that I train to face doubt, they're like, I'm like, how are you doing on doubt anymore? And it's like, no, 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 he doesn't get me anymore. I know how he works. So he doesn't he doesn't destroy me anymore. Kanye, he wants to be a rapper. Well, you can't do this. You're not good enough. You're never going to make it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's doubt. Mm-hmm. And people don't recognize because sometimes it comes from people you love the most. Stay between the lines, Cal. No one's ever done it like that. That's probably not going to work. That's a lot of risk. Are you sure that's a good idea? Right. You know, and so people will start giving you cadences or give you, uh, which we'll get to in a second, the rhetorical questions. And let's just challenge doubt directly. The definition of doubt to know what it is, is that doubt offers nothing but takes from you everything. That's how you can tell what it is. Hmm. So what do you do with that? What does that even mean? That's an answer, but it's not a solution. Well, let's work on the solution, and we have to challenge to see if it actually holds weight here. So if I were to say, "Hey, Cal, you want to help as many people with you know the maverick aviation you want to do you, I have a goal, a dream a vision," and people go, "That's a stupid idea, dude. That's not going to work." What is my offer?:
1: Nothing. Nothing of a
0: solution. I didn't give you a better way to do it. I'm not giving you any type of assistance to make it work. I'm not investing into your idea. I didn't give you alternative uh, paths to take. I just said, that's not going to work. Right. Well, there is no offer. Well, now you have to weigh out the offer. Okay. Well, if I go with my Maverick idea, this means I can fulfill my potential, my purpose. I can help a ton of people. I can create financial freedom, stability, safety, security for my people I love. I can live a a, a day where I wake up every day. I'm like, I fucking love doing what I'm doing. I can have a life that's worth fucking being proud of. I got all this potential on this side, or that's not going to work, which is a guaranteed absolute nothing. Now the choice is in front of you. You have to choose which contract to sign. Am I going to go with potential and hmm. all of these things, or am I going to guarantee nothing? Well, which one do you choose, Cal?
1: Oh, I choose the the place of going for what I want over the dollar. So I'm
0: going to go with my potential on this one because I get I can see there's no offer here. And if I accept that, that means I have to abandon everything that I have that would be worth living for. So you offer nothing and right. it takes everything. So we have to decline the offer for nothing. So thank you for your offer, but I'm gonna pass that offer. I'm gonna go with potential. Right. Uh, you're never gonna make it, or you're not good enough, or that's a stupid idea. Each one of these, what is the offer?
1: Nothing. The guarantee. No
0: <laughs> just you just don't do what you were gonna do. When you start catching what this thing is, you can now raise your awareness to the offers that people are offering you that that's, mm-hmm. it's dumb or that's never going to work or that I've never 1% of entrepreneurs are all that ever make it. You know, we can give statistics and bullshit to go like, do you really believe that's a good idea? Which starts getting into rhetoricals, by the way.
1: Right. Doubt works
0: in a way where they offer you nothing. And if you don't ever challenge, what are you offering me on this? Hmm. What are you offering me? then you'll fall for nothing. Right. And you choose that. And you watch people abandon their motivations, their dreams, their ideas, their visions, their patents, their anything mm-hmm. for nothing. There is no offer and you accept it.
1: Where did you come to that conclusion? Did you have an aha moment in your journey of 20 years where you had? Yeah,
0: to I broke right? him. I broke him about five years ago. I figured his shit out. Ever since then, we laugh at each other. I had coffee with them this morning, and I keep going, like, you could probably do a better job of a better offer, man. You got to watch out, though, because sometimes they team up. And, you know, if bargaining gets involved, then they start going, you're not good enough, Cal, but you could be if you had this exercise equipment or this Uh, this shirt or this cologne or this hairdo or this these these designer whatever or this car. You're not good enough, but you could be if. And then we start getting into bargaining, getting involved with doubt, or they team up fear you add fear and without you create insecurity so they team up
1: that's you know? so true And fear so the, is their, their red-headed step cousin hanging out with them it's oh easy. man no fear is a bad motherfucker fear ruins people so if you understand
0: how he works you can beat anxiety pretty easily in fact i've helped a lot of people re- no longer require medication because they're trained not because they train symptoms but they train the core and if you defeat that fear if you know how it works he's beatable so that's a different training, but I'm going to say stick with doubt for a second, because let's go into the rhetoricals and get people another weapon in their in their box here. Let's go ahead and put a sheath another one. Well, what's the fucking point of doing all of this anyways? huh? <laughs> what's the point? Everything just failed. What's the point? I'm, what's the point of this? this is stupid. You really think that's going to work? You really think that's a good idea, Cal? You really think so? These are rhetoricals that if left unanswered, sound like doubt. Sound like I should quit. What's the point? What's the fucking point? She doesn't give a shit. What's the point of me even talking to her? Right. That's actually a great question. What is the point? What's the reason you're talking to her? Right. What's the point of me even doing this stupid business? No, that's a good question. What are you doing this business for? What's the point? What are you trying to do? What's the reason you're doing it? It's a good question. And I noticed that people are super good at throwing questions in the air, but they're total shit at answering them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man. You're right.
0: So a lot of times doubt will dress itself up as a rhetorical. What's the point? What is the point? Answer the question. I love that. So That's, now in just that one thing time. with Kanye, you're never going to make it. You can't do it. Uh, this is, you're, you're not good enough. Those are all doubt. There is no offer. And if you accept the offers, you've started sacrificing all of your potential and everything that you've ever wanted for nothing. Catch the offer and decline. And then if you ask a question that sounds rhetorical, like what's the point or why am I even doing this bullshit? Well, why are you doing this bullshit? What are you doing it for?
1: Answer the question. You may find your motivation again. I love it, man. I'm going to have to incorporate that too. And you just reminded me that beyond that, adding clarity to your life, which is huge for people on their path. One of the things that I noted as soon as you said it, because I was also simplifying like you do when you were talking, was That choice is actually what I think drives the most fear. You say doubt and fear goes hand in hand. The choice is, do you want to guarantee or do you not want to guarantee but you want to find out? And it's the same thing as in The Matrix, to bring it full circle. Do you want to take, I think it's the blue pill, and stay happy and safe where you are? That's the guarantee. Or do you take this and never go back but you don't know what's coming? And what scares the fuck out of people, the fuck out of people, is not what – This like it's I want to take the guarantee that I fail because it's guaranteed, meaning like I'm safe and I feel comfortable. Right. But if you explore the next one, there's no guarantee. But the fear, I think, is in either failing and having to live with yourself. But that's just their mind, meaning it could be looked at as lessons. It could be looked at the most beautiful thing ever, but they're like failure or even more fearful of, which is amazing to me, how amazing you actually will become meaning like you do succeed to be on your wildest beliefs and turn into someone that's like everything you dreamed. And that scares the fuck out of people. <laughs> like You actually could be this, the potential, right? Like, right.
0: Uh, it's a, it's a good conversation. Do you actually want to fight fear? I feel like we're, we're making a $10,000 episode right now. I think so. like people have paid a lot more money than this conversation is worth for a
1: lot I mean. less. Therapy that does nothing sometimes.
0: Correct. We just, I would just put tools down on the table that you can actually start working and building with immediately. So, uh, it's up to you if you want to make this a twenty k episode and show them how we fight fear. I'm ready, man. You want to do it. it? All right, Cal, kill fear first, and then I'll show you how we kill fear in the warrior's way. So, how do you guys do it? Well, how do you do it? And then you take both of our pieces, put them all in your toolbox, and then become <laughs> stronger.
1: I love that, man. Um, the way I kill fear is and have killed fear and most I train people to kill fear is to go to a place where you have to admit and face death, meaning you either need to make peace with the fact that you've already died or you need to make peace with the fact that you're going to, no matter what. And you can integrate what you believe in, in terms of what happens as we transition into that, but it's not as relevant meaning You have to stop focusing on what you think is an end period point in your life that is something you are accumulating all this bullshit around you for. Like, I'm doing all this, and you just said the question, but why? (laughs) But fucking why? Well, if you already died, if you already believe you have infinite capacity or you're going to transition and you're not going to be in this space-time, then what's more important, perhaps, is saying, what am I going to do with my time here If everything else is already solved, meaning money is not a problem for you anymore. And I propose that exercise saying, let's just say I paid you $5 million a year and you didn't have to do anything. Well, what scares the shit out of people is not that they're actually now financially cared for. It's that they don't really know what their fucking purpose is. You see what I'm saying? Because they go, oh, I'll go on trips and I'll travel here. And I'm like, great. And then five years after you've traveled everywhere, what are you fucking, what's your purpose? And they're like, uh. And it scares the fuck out of them because they're like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know who I am. So addressing these kind of like false terminal questions that we think we're living for and just getting over them, like, okay, say you died already. What would you have wished you had done? What did you wish you had tried? That's a great one. When you talk to people on their deathbed, it's like, what do you regret? And most of them will say, I didn't love this person enough, or "I, I wasn't gentle enough with myself, or I didn't go for that entrepreneurial venture that I really wanted to, even if it failed. I just kept safe. So it's like, okay, well, face death. It could be a spiritual death, it could be an ego death, it could be your own, you know, self transitioning. It could be the death of a relationship that's toxic. But face it. Like face it full on. It could be scary as shit. And then once you're done with that, say, well, now what am I living for? Right? Oh, I'm living for the legacy of my son. Oh, I'm living because I believe I have a gift to give the world here right? Great. Well, then fucking pursue that. And if you have your North star, by the way, call it the North star, it's like your overarching conceptual pull of your heart, then the path reveals itself. And I think people get too hung up on the path, right? They're like, this is the way my life is going to play out. And I'm like, but you're like a rat in the maze with your physical vessel. And your higher self is like the 10,000 foot spiritual guide looking over you seeing your entire lifeline. So if you can't have a clear link to that, which I can show people how to do then at least admit that you can't see everything. And where the faith comes in is, do you know what your North Star is? And if you go, I feel like I'm supposed to help people awaken. Well, good. Then every decision along the path then becomes, are you more aligned to that or less aligned to that? It doesn't even matter if you have to do something for five fucking years. That's a business decision. Because if you're generating more income to protect yourself, to go live that art out, then it's aligned to it. But people get lost because they start chasing things like jobs or money or fucking relationships that aren't tied to the North star and they're lost. So they're just like, well, I made more money this year, but I'm still afraid, afraid of what? You don't know who you are. So fucking face death and then you'll overcome it. So I say face death in metaphorical sense, maybe even physical sense, people who go through like near death experiences come back and they're like, you know, totally different fucking person. They're like, Mm -hmm. I I care about people like Ebenezer Scrooge now, you know, like giving away Mm. shit to people because they see what's important. So that's my spiritual aspect of it. I'd love to hear your tactical. Actually,
0: yeah, I love this. This is very cool. So like, because I, I definitely have the tactical action aspect. And I love that you did the spirit heart aspect. This is cool. Yeah. All right. So you said face death. I'm going to try and get back to see if I, if I gathered my, my spirit side lesson from this. You said facing death and having peace with mortality. And this is where people look at fear as an uncertainty of I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. And so if you, and this is me simplifying, if you face your death, what you're doing is facing absolute certainty because death is certain. You are, we are going to die. And so, if you're afraid of uncertainty, why don't you face your certainty of all of it's going
1: to end at some point anyways? And yes, so- Or or perhaps you fit. Yes. A hundred percent. And you remove death as the sequence of what your purpose is, because it's like, they're building a path for this end point instead yeah. of focusing on the true purpose of why you're here and being present. Yeah, you, see what no I'm you don't know when presence. you're going to die. You could die yeah, tomorrow. You could die in a uh, thousand years. I don't fucking know. You know, like, <laughs> Yeah, with a
0: thousand years, I'm a Highlander. But if
1: you die tomorrow, does it meaning like if you knew you were going to die tomorrow, how would you live today? I'd probably still shovel the snow and hug people. (laughs) You'd probably be doing something crazy while you're doing it, though. Fucking handing out $1 bills, giving hugs. (laughs) Everyone gets a hug and a dollar.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a great slogan. It's actually a pretty cool shirt. All right, so. Um. All right, so I'm facing my certainty of mortality, and I'm going to die. And being able to face my death makes it so if I can face death, how can I not face these other things, the small things like uh, a difficult conversation or taking a risk on something or answering a question that makes me find myself? If I'm, I'm able to look death in the eyes and say, I'm ready for you, motherfucker, how am I going to be afraid of answering questions that are hard? Like, it seems like it makes all of the other challenges that we have a lot easier to do because I faced a tough one. Am, mm-hmm. I, am I on the right path so far? A 100%. All right, good. So then I can start asking myself if I have all these other things solved. If I were to say the thing that I think I'm living for before I die is money, what if you have your money? Then what do you do with your money? Then I travel. What if you traveled? And if you traveled, you're like, I've been everywhere. So then what do you do? I don't know, which means you aren't living purpose. You're living for things. So you had things and you did things. Good. So now what are you here for? There's a thing before the Grim Reaper shows up that you're supposed to be doing ask the right questions and if you've already faced death then these are easier answers 100%. you know if you can't find it start with what didn't work on your deathbed what do you wish you could have done differently i had regrets or i wish i would have taken more risk or i wish i would have been more vulnerable and i wish i would have opened up more will take your wishes and turn those into present actions 100%. you just gave yourself the answer and just follow your feelings on this one and you will find where your north star is
1: Does that seem correct? That was extremely well said.
0: (laughs) Thank you. So that's where I was like, all right, cool. I want to make sure that because you're a spirit warrior, I don't want to goof it up because I want to be able to use this from my heart and spirit side. Yeah. All right. Let's go mind and tactic side. So let's go back. So first, I, I want to go into fear on it, it, by itself. And also, I'm going to give you the format to break and beat anxiety. This is a fucking $10,000 lesson, everybody. Take the spirit side, Cal just drops. And I'm going to give you the practical application of the spirit and mind side to make it so today you can practice every single moment in this. First, we have to address what fear even is. Fear is not real. It's possibility. It's a potential that could happen. Well, what if they say this? And what if they get mad? And what if I were to lose my job? And what if they were to do this? And what if that happens? And if that goes wrong, then what will I do? And what if they say this? Then I'll say this. And we get into all of these amazing futures, all of these, maybe that could happen. And what if I lose my arm? And what if the car crashes? And what if the plane blows up? And what if, what if, what if, what if? Oh, no. (laughs) How many of these things truly end up happening? Well, it's very, very rare that all of the what-ifs that you just created end up becoming the reality. These are all potential futures that most likely never, ever, ever happen. And yet, you have to understand, if you have this propensity for anxiety, what you're doing is taking something that is not real, a possible future, a potential outcome, and we're applying our emotions in it. We're able to take our heart and soul and put it into an imaginary possibility and still feel all of the feelings of the breakup, still feel all the feelings of the job loss, still feel all the feelings of my mother dying, who's still alive. I can still feel all of the heartbreak and the anger and the sadness and the frustration, and it's not even happening. People will say that you have a disorder. There's something fucked up with you. You're bent, you're broken, you're goofed up because you have anxiety. You have a, a symptom inside of you that requires medication. And I challenge it directly. I say, I don't think that you're broken. I think you're brilliant. What do I mean by this? If you can look into the fucking future, isn't that a superpower? Hell yeah. You're looking into the future. Holy crap. How many futures? Tons of them. I have opened 75 tabs of potential futures and I put my emotions and thoughts and feelings into each one. I'm like, holy shit. You went into how many futures? That's incredible. Your imagination and creativity system is off the damn charts. You are a fucking superhero. Holy crap. No, no, no. I was diagnosed as having anxiety, and I'm fucked up in the head, and I'll always live with this. Well, that white coat is a belief system inside of you that seems to go against your superpower. You have a creativity and imagination that controls you. You don't control it. There's only two kinds of people in this game. You're either trained or you're untrained. You either know how to control your power or your power controls you, which is it. Well, if you're taking medication to deny what you are, you will you will live a life and existence in a prison of feeling never good enough. We go back to doubt. What's the offer? You're never going to be what you're meant to be. So let's go back into fear. It's not real. So what we have to do is I'm going to agree with the spirit side on this one. First, you got to slow the fuck down and have some presence in the present. Let's look around for a second and see. Is all the potential fears that you've left open, are they happening right now? Is the lion that I'm afraid is going to eat me even in the room? Well, let's see. Like, oh, my God, Cal and I, we could have a – he could be conflicting me, and we could be fighting, and this could turn into an argument. We'd be like, fuck you, and like, fuck you, dude. And like, we'd be mad at each other, and like, we're going to to be embarrassed. And I'm like, well, look around for a second. Hold on. Hold on. Is that—is that happening? Let's look around. Is, Is that even a thing? You're like, well, No. Like, then, why do we just put all this emotion into a thing that that isn't, that's not a thing? So let's go in and look at some of the things of what happens when people actually know what happens, because the definition for anxiety is I don't know yet. Do you know how I can tell if somebody has truly medical issues for anxiety or if they're like, this was a trained thing. I learned how to have anxiety. Do you want to see a cool trick?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: If somebody goes back to an event, and I don't mean like you know an extremely traumatic event, but an event where they had anxiety, they had to do something scary, like I had to do a public speech, or I have to ask a girl out on a date, or I have to uh, write a paper in front of everybody, or I have to do a thing that's embarrassing, or I could fuck it all up, or I have to do something like ah, I don't like that, I I don't like it, 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 but afterwards, it could be learning how to drive or it could be doing a new skill or first day at a job or whatever it could be. And then now that you know, when you think of that day, what happens? Do you still have anxiety when you think about that job you were at for 10 years and you can do in your sleep now? Do you still think about that and have anxiety? And if I go back to the speech where I was freaking out before, but after I fucking nailed that speech. Well, do you still have anxiety thinking about that speech that you know that you nail? (laughs) <laughs> and you're like, well, actually, no, I don't have any anxiety. I know what happens. Right. That means you don't have clinically fucked up anxiety. You're mm-hmm. just untrained on your ability to handle potential futures. This gives you hope. Yes. There is hope for you. You learned how to do this. You weren't born this way. Lucky you. This can be trained. So now that you know that the answer is, I don't know the answer yet. Let's mm-hmm. go ahead and test out if you have the abilities Do you have the tools to handle what happens? Let's check, okay? Now, Cal, I'm going to go through a list here, and you tell me if you have any of these tools. If you have them, this gives you a fighting chance against anxiety. I'm going to go through the list, and you just say yes or no, I have that or I don't have that at all. And I'm going to let you know ahead of time you don't need all of them. You only need a few of these to actually win. So let's see which tools you have in your tool belt. You ready? Yep. All right. The thing just happened. It's not about what could happen. Something happened. And maybe it's not good, but it happened. I know what the answer is now. First thing that I have to see if you have to to deal with this. Do you have problem solving skills? Yes. I've solved problems in the past. I figure stuff out. All right. Number one, you have problem solving skills. We got one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you have creativity to think outside of the box? Like, Oh, I don't know the answer yet, but I can get creative in figuring this
1: out. Absolutely.
0: Okay. We got creativity. So I got problem solving, I got creativity. Now, do you have any form of resourcefulness? Like I don't have it yet, but I can Google it or I can figure it out or I can call somebody. I've got resourcefulness. Yes. Okay. We got three. Now, support system. Do you have any people in your life who care enough about you to either bounce off advice or sort out a thing or have your back? Do you have a support system at all?
1: uh yeah a small one
0: but yeah even still you have any you have a support system so i got people i can rely on all right healthy outlets mind body spirit and heart i have outlets that i can do it could be meditating it could be working out it can be writing it can be crying i don't care do you have outlets to make it so that the cup is full i can lower it down so i can handle more information yes we're good. All right, we got healthy outlets. Now, do you have faith that you are not the center of all that exists? There is more to this. And as a spirit warrior, I know the answer already. But well,
1: we talked about ego, so I am the center now. <laughs> you are I am
0: the oh. My name is Cal the Omega. Yes. There is more the to this universe. than just you. There you have faith that there is more than just you. There's more that will be there for you. Yes. Uh higher power of whatever you choose. Okay. Now, let's go off into a couple pieces. One of these is a math question, so let's see how good your math is. First, let's get into an assessment of skill. You've been through some tough shit, fair or not fair? Fair. All right. Now, through all the tough things when you were much younger and you had less experience, less knowledge, Mm -hmm. and less understanding, do you have more knowledge, understanding now in the things that you have to face than when you were much younger going through the hardest things you ever had to do? Yes. Yeah, so we got more more tools now. We're more prepared for whatever could happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now let's do a math assessment to see your proficiency, okay? Mm. What is the percentage so
1: far of your survival rate? <laughs> 100%. You ain't never died, brother. you still fighting. (laughs) Unless I'm dying every night and being reborn every morning. (laughs) Even even still, you keep fighting back. You ain't never been taken. You're
0: still in in the game. No matter how traumatic, no matter how vicious, no matter how mean, no matter how much abandonment, cruelty, brokenhearted, emptied out, destroyed, used, abused, no matter what it is, you're still fucking fighting. You are hard to kill. Yeah. Everything that's ever happened, you've survived all of it. So let's go through the tools. I've got problem solving, creativity, resourcefulness, support system, healthy outlet, faith in more than myself. I have more experience and tools in my tool belt than anything I've ever gone through, and i ain't never been fucking beaten yet. I'm still here fighting. Well, if you've got all these tools, instead of being paralyzed by all the possibilities, shouldn't I be a little more excited because I can't wait to use all these tools?
1: Yeah. Hell yeah. That'd And then like, it like gave see me a confidence boost again. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you forget all the fucking tools you have. You're like, why am I afraid of anything?
0: Yeah. What, <laughs> like are, <just> you, go. <laughs> what are you afraid of? And let's have presence in the presence about yeah. it. And like, well, is the thing you're afraid of one of the things that are happening? So now that we have these tools, let's go back to your superpower. Where we're going into 10 or 15 different abilities. I'm going into all these futures. Now, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 different possibilities that could go wrong. Right. The trained version of this is clairvoyance. Instead of going in with, like, I have no control and I'm panicking, let's go in and go, what am I supposed to learn from this potential future? Take these tools in with you and see what you would do if that did happen, and then you will inevitably hit a point where the variable of future stops. And what I mean by that is, I don't know if there's going to be a new character involved or what sentences will be said or if somebody's going to do a thing that I don't know yet. So at some point, it's the fucking future. So close the tab. Like, all right, that's as far as I can go to learn what I would do in that. Close that tab. All right, let's go into this one. If she says this and then I say this and then I would do this, I would probably call my boys and go, what am I seeing here? And they'll give me good advice. So I'd lean on my boys if that ever happens. All right, close that tab. All right, what's going on on this one? Now I can go into the future and learn lifetimes of information. And then close the tab and be ready for anything. Now, There's only a couple of them that would be like, this would be a total shit show. (laughs) There's only a few that actually would be like,
1: (laughs) I got to be ready
0: for these ones. These are likely impossible, high probability, so I can be prepared but I got all these tools to be prepared. What I just did is took anxiety and turned it into clairvoyance. You're not broken. You're brilliant. Look into the future, learn the lessons and then take those lessons. And you just grew exponentially with 15 lifetimes in just a few minutes. You have a superpower. You're Mm -hmm. not broken. You don't need medication. You need training. And if you answered the first question where you said, "I still think back of when I had to give a speech and I just had a panic attack," stay on your meds. But if you know that you nail that speech and you don't have a panic attack because you know what happens, this will work. Wow, man! Just so you know, this is ninety-seven percent of people. This works for Oh uh, yeah, I believe it. It's, it's so, amazing. That's how we have to know, well, what is fear? It's not real. It's a possibility, but it's not happening right now. And if you understand what it is, you can do that. Now take the element of the tactics and the action of what I just did and put that together with like, well, why don't you go grand design and challenge your death? What happens if you die? You're going to face that shit. Yeah. Face it. Face it. What well, this is going to happen. If you can have acceptance in this, this means when I go into possibilities, I'll go, well, I'm not dying in this one. I never died, and rejection isn't going to be the thing. (laughs) You know, denial isn't going to be the thing. Someone saying no is not going to be the thing. This isn't going to be what takes me out. This isn't it.
1: Man, this is amazing. I I wrote down these notes too for myself to remind myself and to maybe add to some of what you said because you reflected mine back to me, which always gives new perspective. So, yes, please. Um, one of the most important things about all these tools I found is. It's, it was a similar thing to when I was really fighting and struggling through some hardship and I went to therapy. Therapy wasn't necessarily doing a lot for me from the perspective of outpacing me mentally or consciously. But what it did was it reminded me of the tactical solutions I have to get clarity. Because if you aren't reminded of those, you go into this valley of like hopelessness, like you're scared. But if you revisit this to your point, like not only was I reminded, I was like, why the? Uh, look at this shit. I'm like, I can bring it, bro. Like I can take, I have all of these. What am I fucking sitting here being meek about? Like, you know, and then granted, I know some people will maybe be at a lower frequency and want to get to the place where they just feel more confident about that, which is great. So having the reminder of these tools is huge. And this has helped me. I've actually practiced what you've said. Uh, You know, it would have been nice to connect with you earlier in life when I wasn't doing this, but when I'd have big decisions to make or, I I would do things like move down to be with my business partner. I would say, look, is it a practical probability that something could not go the way I planned or that maybe it would be a And what you just said was so helpful. I'm glad you're, you're sharing this with people, which is like, if you give yourself practical solutions to answer the hard changes that may occur, then what you do is you give yourself the grit, not the grace. You give yourself the flexibility and faith to go pursue what you need to pursue without that guarantee of doubt. But you know, you're going to be okay no matter what you see what I'm saying. Because even if it doesn't end up the way you want, which maybe 90% it won't, it's either going to end up better or it's going to end up in a situation where you go, that was okay. And I actually appreciate this because I learned from it and I was actually anticipating that it could have happened. And by the way, I still got what I needed out of it because it did happen and that's okay. And look at me, I'm still doing good. Right. So I love that because it's such a tactical, important decision-making tool. And I, I feel like people can functionally remove a lot of their fear if they exercise that. And then a scientific analogy that I was thinking of when you said that, which I love is if you look into quantum physics, they talk about the collapsing of the wave function, right? And the wave function is like this future of Infinite possibilities. So you're like you said, most people have these superpowers where we create and manifest our own fucking future. We don't think we have that power. We do. But if you're constantly focusing on the negative aspect of it and you're rummaging in your mind, then you're just like perpetuating all these negative futures. It's like collapse the fucking wave function and focus on one that looks like your North Star that you want. And motherfucker, you're probably going to live that life. It may look different, like the path may be squiggly or some shit, but it's not going to be, you're still going to get to where you were always destined to be. And I love collapsing the wave function. So I think that's what you're talking about, getting all these other false futures or or potential futures out of your mind and maybe getting focus and just connecting with it and resonating with that every single day. Because if you have it, it's like this like spark that you just hold on to. You're like, I got to keep pursuing this. You know what I mean? Like no matter what happens. So. Good shit, man. You look you look
0: inspired. <laughs> you look ready for battle, brother. Oh uh,
1: always, but okay. That's awesome. More so pretty, today after this. Then. Yeah, pretty,
0: pretty fun, though. And so this is why talking to people like us is good and people don't understand. We do the real work. There's a reason for this. There's a reason for a spirit warrior. There's a reason for the tactic. There's a reason for body, reason for heart. <laughs> yep. And this is also another thing I see where people lean so far into one side. Triple down on your strength, absolutely, but together we're always stronger. I don't deny anybody else's power. This is where I think people, in the, especially you said, the industry – where they are like, my way is the best way. I'm like, your way is one way.
1: Yes, 100%. It's like, yeah. tell me that you want to strangle artists, and I believe everyone's an mm-hmm. artist, without saying you're strangling artists. And the best way to do it is, there's only one way to do this. <laughs> I crack 18 eggs at 4 a.m. and fucking go. I was like, shut the fuck up. Like... Are you kidding? Like stop. 4 a.m. every day, yeah. bitch. Shut the I fuck
0: up. S- <laughs> sleep one hour a night. I work 26 hours a day. Like, 4 a.m. You're going to see my my workout photo. Yeah. What did you do with your day, bitch? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I got up. At like, like
1: Someone has 30. some problems that they're not addressing emotionally here because you are over projecting hardcore. Like it's insane. It's
0: cool, man. Hey, you got the red side of the cube done. Good on you. <laughs> yeah yeah so pretty pretty cool stuff, and so this is kind of fun to have these conversations and I'll just be very open when I watch people who do this. do you know who the best coach is mm. like out of the world? you know who the best coaches? I'd put this coach against anybody. Do you know who the best coach is? No, I don't know. I got this big ass fucking network for you to go against.
1: Ah, uh, I see let's all lock shields yeah, like and see that.
0: who's smarter than our yeah. group, yeah. Let's yeah, lock I shields like and who can beat this army of brilliance. Right. Let's put all of our information, spirit warriors, heart warriors, body warriors, mind warriors, put them all together, line us up and say, who's going to Tony Robbins against all of us? Because you're right. not. Right. You're not. The group is always stronger. The These lone wolves and people who think they're supposed to just be this isolated guy. You're in a cocoon phase, man. You're trying to give answers, but you're still trying to figure it out. No, the greatest warrior I've ever met is the collaboration of us. It's you and me together. You're not my competition. There's not even close. And the reality is, is I can probably only handle through true transformation, not information transformation. I can only reach about 500 a year.
1: How many yeah. people need help? Yeah, a shitload. But to your millions, point, billions, you, that, I can only that, get 500. That's, that's your presentation of integrity and authenticity though, because real people will tell you that that's actually a lot of people Mm -hmm. to, to, to reach them at a depth that is needed. That's a lot of people, anyone who pretends they're about statistics or like they think they coach. No coaching is not reaching people when they're at their low and you're handing them a solution to, to bandage some shit.
0: Yeah. I told think transformational
1: coaching is like, I feel like I have to remove myself energetically sometimes because I feel like I'm fucking part of it and it can be toxic. (laughs) Like like, like, this is this person still, (laughs)
0: you know, it's true. It's very true. And this it's a hard skill to practice. In fact, that's how I found my purpose where I, I do take on the damage from other people's mountains of pain. I come into hell to pull them out. A lot of people think that this show is what I do. This show is a hobby, bro this is not what I do. You get a glimpse of what I do, but there are people who are my ride and die warriors who are mm-hmm. that way because I went into hell and I pulled them out of fire and I'm not afraid to go into hell. And I've spent eight hour fucking therapy sessions and i work worked through people's demons. I have fought dragons next to men and I know what it is to go into combat. And when these guys watch me go, Hey, there is fear. There is doubt. There is anger. There's depression. There's anxiety. And I go, <laughs> and they're like, Dude, there is no fear in his eyes. He's fought these before. They know what I am. Yep. There's a series of authenticity that people are starving for, and they're looking for people who have been there. They will not understand what you are saying yet until they go there. They will not know when you say there is a depth to your soul and a purpose that is greater than what you understand. And they'll go, cool, next video.
1: Mm-hmm, right.
0: They will not understand that you have been to a place that they don't Get Yet, but maybe in 10 or 20 years when they have their rock bottom existential crisis and they end up finding who they really are underneath the masks and bullshit of their nonsense and their belief systems and their limiting beliefs. And they mm. actually get just a drop of what it is you're talking about. They go, holy shit, Cal Knight was legit.
1: It's worth it then. Holy right? shit. We, we do what we have to do to make sure the message meets the, the people who are ready to receive it.
0: It's an interesting yeah. sentence to me. Wait, say it again. We do what we do to like, make sure the message reaches the people who are ready to
1: receive it. Hmm. Because the message doesn't need to be for everyone. The message yes. needs to be for the people who need it now, who are ready for it. And then been a thousand years, that message is still resonating long after our vessel is here. It was worth it. But most people can't see beyond this lifetime. So they will always build for this lifetime. They won't build for 16 lifetimes ahead of them. And I think you're doing that, which is why I wanted to connect with you. Because you can tell who's real. And it doesn't have to do with followers. or It just has to do with certain things that are these subtleties about the way that the energy is put out into the world and how it was received. And when I talked to Coach Kavanaugh, he had a good point about this because I have a lot of young men who want to do business with really high profile athletes, celebrities, different types of people, and they want to know how to connect. And I say, in order to connect with the energy that you want to connect with, you have to put out that energy and attract it, even if you don't have it yet. And if you're not authentic, you will be from the people who are real. They will see through it in two seconds. And you don't want to attract all the fucking clowns. There's a million clowns out there. Just put out your message in an authentic way. And it's more important that one person hears it out of, a hundred thousand who needs to hear it, who is that potent sword than a hundred thousand people who have fucking surface level shit going on, you yeah. know?
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. If you're trying to transition from the chicken group to the Eagle group without going through chrysalis phase, the Eagles know what an Eagle suit looks like. I'm like, you dressed up like a mascot, bro. What are you?
1: <laughs> an Eagle.
0: <laughs> that's, you're, you got an Eagle suit on, but that's not, a, you're not an Eagle. What are you? You look like you, you're representing the football team. You're not actually flying. What are you doing? And then we'll see. And they're like, no, man, look, I'm an Eagle. Check me out. Anyways, I want to work with high profile people. And I'm like, yeah, I see what you want, but you're not going to fly today, are you? I just I inspire people to fly by telling them about the heights that they can get. And I'm like, you ain't never been off the ground, have you? We're going to fly this weekend. You come in. Oh, I'd love to. I, I, I'm so busy. I'm hungry. so busy. <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh. All right. See. No, I think you bring up an interesting element of something that um, working with men. I work mostly with men. I had women's groups, and I still have women clients, but mostly men because I, I, there's, I only work with women who are willing to fucking work because right. it's warrior training, not damsel training. And a right, lot of women are right. waiting for the damsel responses. I'm like, we train you to handle your shit, not for right. someone to save you, slow your roll. But here I am working with men. And there's a thing that men run into somewhere in their 30s to 40s where there's a shame stack and a legacy reality. There's a thing where you go, like, how will I be remembered? Mm. Did I do anything that mattered? Mm -hmm. When I'm gone, will I matter? Because you think of your great-grandfather. You know, like, I didn't know shit about my great-grandfather. He had a whole life. Right? He went through problems and solutions and heartbreak and abandonment and abuse and loss and pain. He went through all these things, and I know none of it. That's how long his legacy has gone forward for his experiences. Mm-hmm. I don't know any of it, and I'm direct descendant. He was alive when I was alive, and I still don't know him.
1: <laughs> I love that. You know what I mean? That's so, a really that- good way to think about it, because it it starts helping you, again, I think, awaken to the question of facing that that question, what is my legacy? And especially, like you said, in that age range, because when you're younger, you don't necessarily think about it. It's not as... a uh, Vulnerable you for you, you know. You're never gonna you die. You got vulnerable. an immortality complex, right? You think, yeah, or you think you're like gonna live forever. But one of the things that I think is unique to each person, their own, you know, they're individuated. They have different, uh, perhaps, goals in terms of legacy for them. However, I, I like to propose controversial shit. So one of the things that I always said was like, I felt like a lot of people use their children or that that lineage, like, so say your great great grandfather was a Amazing person, but you don't remember him. Well, why? I mean, was my bloodline, which thank you, the legacy? Meaning, like, people use children as their legacy. And I'm like, look, the child is technically your heritage, but what's to say they aren't a totally, entirely different being? And is it, is it narcissistic for you to use them as a fucking, like, basically live your dreams that I didn't get to live? Like, that's the legacy. When I think of legacy, I think of I, a perfect example is like Walt Disney. And the reason I say that is the signature of the frequency of the creation that he initiated was so strong that years upon years after he has passed away, all you need to to feel or hear when you think of Walt Disney is the word magic or the little arch going over the tower or Disney World. And you connect to what the legacy of Walt Disney was. People all over the world connect to it. And he's not physically here But that's the impact. So when I think of it, I like that you're talking about legacy, again, to each their own. Some people just want a legacy of handing their family a better paradigm than they had, and I commend them. But what I think of is, why not think of it in the paradigm of what is the signature of you that is so specific that if you deliver it here, it will carry on for out time through this string that people go, that feels like Rick. That feels like Ricky. You see what I'm saying? Like, they just, they carry it with them in their heart. I don't mind. think it'll do that.
0: I don't because if you said Walt Disney and you think about Mickey Mouse, the arches, the magic, right. I don't know shit about Walt Disney. Then I just know stuff that he had an idea for.
1: But you still know him. I <laughs> and know. He's not here. I, know
0: <laughs> I know of him, right. but I can't, I couldn't tell you an actual like here's something important about Walt Disney's character or his traits or how he was or how he handled things or his favorite food. I don't know right. him. True. I don't I don't know all that. I just know of things he created.
1: Right. And I think it's interesting because even if you're not directly impacted or perhaps you're not looking into what he liked to eat personally. I guess we could go down the rabbit hole, but my my well, my thought bit, process yeah. is like do your does your personality matter as much as we think it does? Meaning like we again like to think that these things are important, but it's very like microcosm versus like what are we really playing a bigger role for? I may think I'm the hero of my own story until I realize that my entire purpose might've been to foster a whole new wave of people. And I had to remove my ego from it. So I don't know. So I, I like to think sometimes I know my purpose. Sometimes I just have to open up and realize maybe I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's,
0: that's my personality. I like that. You said rabbit hole after Walt Disney. Cause it's very Alice in Wonderland. W. Yeah. All right. So, so with this, does my personality matter when it comes to legacy? I don't know if it does, but maybe. You know, it's one of those things where what do I believe my legacy is going to be? I have four more books that I'm going to write. I already know. I'm already working on the second book and I'm going to re- remaster the first one. So everything is a choice has to get boosted because I would kick my own book's ass at the moment. So I need to strengthen it. The next book is the map out of hell. And that's going to get into the grieving systems of what we've got going on and how to actually fucking fight it. Then I have to get an identity Then I have to get into values and love. I have to get into these different elements of belief and figure out how do I break it down the way we just did with doubt and fear. Each one has a way. And so there's a purpose for all of these things. Will any of that matter about my personality? I don't know yet because just looking at it, no. Won't matter who the fuck I am because the information may at least give people a road map to transformation if they choose to follow the map. There's an opportunity. It doesn't mean a guarantee. And so there will be a legacy left behind of information with potential transformation, none of which they will ever know my favorite food. They won't know what I like to do. They won't understand the love I had for the people around me. They won't know. So those are there. But the other aspect of legacy is... The things that I have shared and the things that I have connected and the things that I have taught and the men I have pulled out of hell, the women I have trained to be strong, the people who I have guided into their own authenticity, well, they will transfer a new set of skills and curses to their kids different than the old ones because we'll break those generational curses and fuck them up with new ones, hopefully (laughs) less detrimental, but train our children to be able to know how to fight against their own things. Now giving people utility and hope. This will last where they know that came from Rick for maybe their fathers or possibly their sons. After that, the information and skills and the, the abilities that I have trained, created, and taught will be transferred without name. They will come from dad. They will come from mom. They will not come from Rick, which means my legacy of what it is that I have done or what I have built or what I have created will long surpass my name. They will never know where it came from. But the principles, hopefully, are still transferring forward to go, well, if you're telling me I can't do it, what is your offer? And they may never know it came from me, Mm -hmm. but they'll still be fighting doubt
1: 500 years from now. I love that. And I was having revelations while you were saying that. And the reason is it was kind of like sparking this, this idea that perhaps there's these elements of both. You know, I always like to think it's one way or the other. And then I remind myself everything is two ends of a spectrum. And when I thought of the nameless face behind the potent message of the information that could be so great that Rick is delivering, that's phenomenal. But then I also think of the personality, too, in an individuated sense and in how the information is presented, because you have an authentic voice. You're a unique human. The way you deliver values is different than the way Dr. John Martini delivers values who I just talked to. And I think of Robin Williams. Would Robin Williams' work been as unique if he wasn't so big? You know, like if he wasn't over the top. And so maybe it is both. Maybe it's a combination. I don't know. But it's, an, it's a curious thing because maybe that's what helps make the message so potent for people. And then they carry it on and make it their own. You know what I mean? Like maybe the guy who quotes Robin Williams a thousand years from now is still quoting him. But they're not living like he lived in that big but they still quote it. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's
0: just interesting. Yeah. Sometimes I catch myself channeling my Robin Williams I'll go really, 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 really fast. I'll just break this down, break this down, yeah. break this down, break this down, break wow. this down. And then hard stop. Make yeah. you stink for a second. And then you're like, fuck, dude, you just fucking just pummeled me with that one. That's cool. So, yeah. I like I that. I love doing that stuff too. It's, fun. it's awesome. Yeah. Pretty cool conversation. I really, I really do think I'm going to call this uh a ten thousand dollars worth of information, and then say with with a uh, Cal Knight, and then after that I'll say the
1: invoice is in your email. Love it. <laughs> fill them up, up, man. You gotta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I noticed that people like. Um, it's interesting to say that too. I know it's like a hype thing, but I I loved this subtle difference when I started coaching, which was like people are afraid to ask for value capture, and people want to save people. But there is really a difference between people who give away free shit all the time and people who actually know what their value is and people who will step up to to share that. And when I charge people, they're like, well, not that weird? I'm like, actually, no, because the people who actually pay me have the dr- most dramatic changes because they're paying the fuck attention. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I don't want to make things available for tools for, for people. It just sure. means when you're doing real dramatic transformation and you got like these guys in your DMS who are like, save me. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm like, well, you're no, no, I'm not saving you. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> there's a, there's a creed to it that we have for the warrior's way. And, um, every guy has skin in the game. Those who pay do pay attention. And so some guys can't afford it financially. So I put them to work. I'm go. like, you're going to volunteer then right. you're going to be right. helping other men. You're going right. to be doing a job then because what we do isn't free. But if you're not responsible for some element of your own sacrifice to be here, you will not do the work, and right. quitting becomes a very easy sales pitch. Yep. You know, and so I very much agree with you. I, I'm uh, as far as businessman goes, I've I would by definition, in you know the world aspect, be a very successful man. Am I rich? Um, I mean, my name is. That's about as close as rich is going to be. But as far as like, am I like a millionaire? I'm not, you know, we've made, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars, which is good money, but it's, you know, I'm not like, check out my Lambo. I have a fucking Hyundai Sonata hybrid. I just don't want to spend a lot on gas. Like, you know, so I'm not trying to flex in any way or shape or form and capacity of that. So my business element, I do know that I am undercharging for my value. I do know this. I know for a fact it should be 20K, and I made it seven. I am way Mm undercharging, but I need to help real people. But it has to be expensive enough to go, fuck, that was enough that it sucks. And for most people, average income for America is 33K. If you put seven in, that's a legitimate chunk. You will take that seriously.
1: Oh, yeah. 100%. And so I
0: put that there. But then I also have elements of things that I do where the skin in the game is not a one-sided game here. Right. Every single month, I talk to guys yeah. who can't afford it. They cannot. But they will fight through fucking hell for you. But they cannot afford it. And so every month, I put my $7,000 in for somebody. We that. all have to put skin in the game for the Creed and the Warrior's Way. I am no exception. Trust no blame, no shame, no judgment, authenticity, willingness, skin in the game, protect your pack and challenge everything. Our creed is solid and I cannot break it myself. That would make me a a unworthy leader. And so if I tell you to
1: put your skin in
0: the game, I will put mine in too.
1: I love that. You know what I was thinking while you're saying that is like, imagine these guys, you know, it's always like, it's, I don't have enough which I disagree with, meaning like everyone's resourceful enough, like you said, whether it's a value trade or money. Mm-hmm. But they'll say that, and then they'll spend $250 a week drinking. And it's like, no, again, no. I mean, I have yes. drinks. I'm not judging. I'm just saying if you sacrifice $250 a week and you pay that to this, you would have 7K. So shut yes. the fuck up. You just don't have your priorities straight. But it's always a narrative around – And that's why, I mean, again, money is just one of these tools. I mean, it's a construct. I don't believe in the intrinsic value, but it is important because we live in that world that people who stay in those paradigms always make excuses, meaning like if you want to fucking level up, you need to change the fact that you just can't prioritize certain things.
0: But the best (laughs) lies are 95% true. And so they'll go, oh, Cal, I don't have the money in my account. Fact. That is a fact. Right. <laughs> I don't want to talk about why. Right. <laughs> but it is true. I don't have the money in my account. that's, a, you can look at my account, tell me it's not true. I'm like, well, let me look at your transactions. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> hey, Cal, I don't Holy have the friends. time. I don't have the time to hang out with you, man. I would have called you, but I was just so busy, man. I was so busy. I'm, I'm really sorry I didn't call you. You're like, yeah, no, that's true. That's true. You were busy. Let me see your screen time. All right. You're like, two hours of social media, bro. You were busy. Like whoa, whoa! I was doing something. Les yep. Brown says we're the most, we're the busiest people that ever lived. We are yep. the busiest people who ever existed. Don't confuse that for productive.
1: Hundred percent. It's a coping mechanism. I, I, you know, I, I love this because we talk about you, me talking about this. I've had episodes on this. It's like everyone can use these things that look like growth. And disguise it as the fact that it's really just a distraction and a coping mechanism. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? (laughs) And I still do it to this day. Like I have to catch myself and be like, stop, 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 stop.
0: Well, if, if you've abandoned your, your stuff that, you know, you have to do, you know, and this is why I say like, are you too busy? You're not, you're not too busy. It's just not a priority. And it's not, not even meant to be a judgment. It's just, it isn't. And if you ever try and to, to, you know, trigger some sort of defense or coping mechanism to convince me otherwise to control the narrative, that's you being exposed to you. And so a lot of people will miss what I just said, but that shows people's like, that's you, you, I just saw you. You don't see you, but you want to convince me of what is by omission and by convincing through lies and or defensiveness, anger, shutting down, walking away from the conversation, suppression, hiding, uh, trying to um, over explain and control the narrative through negotiating. I'm going to convince you in some way, shape or form that what I am saying is true. But if you ever challenge my excuses, you will find a reaction. And this is where people get in their own bullshit. The story. The story. yeah, do you know what the hardest the hardest curse that I found on the map is? The whole the hardest battle, the most diabolical motherfucker on the map. Like, and this is something where I'm doing a training on this. You know, I don't even know if this will work. Every time I do this, it fucks up. So let's chance fucking up. <laughs> where do I have where I can share the screen? I'm gonna do something with you. This is I'm telling you right now, this is a ten thousand dollar conversation. Oh nice. So this is my map that I use. I have a training on this on the 25th this okay. month that I'm doing for like 20 bucks. It's already almost sold out. I only have 300 spots and it's already almost done. Nice. So cool thing with this is if you are you are subscribed to my Patreon, you get in for free. I think it's only 6 bucks. Or you can pay the 20 and don't subscribe to shit. I'm happy either way. Mm-hmm. So in which case, this is where I get into the element of like the, oh, let me go to the right part, the element of what parts of us are in what. And so we're talking about fear, excuses, doubt, distractions, denial, bargaining, anger, depression. We get into all of these elements of ourselves that like, what are we? How do we operate? What are these things? Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at these things, people would go, man, like who's the toughest on the chart? And they're like, man, I'll tell you right now, man, depression fucked me up depression had me locked down, or some guys are like, oh, I'm fucking angry all the fucking time. I want to fucking kick everyone's ass. Or you're going to go into, man, fear has had me in anxiety. I have been locked down. Or like, man, I can't believe in myself. I had no motivation. My feelings are fucked. My beliefs are I can't even achieve a goal or a dream. I am shit. Like doubt had me locked down. And you're going to go, man, yeah, those are tough. Those are tough. Who's the baddest motherfucker
1: on this thing? Bottom right, big circle. It says the enemy within.
0: Well, that's going to be where they come from. This is like, <laughs> this is home base, and these are the right guys point. that come yeah, out. Yeah, I was
1: going to say that's where I think it is.
0: Home base is fear, excuses, doubt, distractions. They come out of here. So who's the nastiest? Damn, let's
1: see. Excuses.
0: <laughs> excuses are nasty. Excuses are. They stop you. They make you believe your bullshit. Excuses are definitely a nasty motherfucker. Excuses are beatable, though, with exposure distractions. Distractions is really tough. Satan loves distractions. You know why? Every single time he plays the game, he's going to give you what you want. Right. So he comes in through distractions, get a free pass because they come in through what make you feel good. That's why social media, shopping, pornography, uh, you know, playing video games, doing bullshit, drinking, you name it. Anything that makes you feel good for a moment comes in through what makes you, that feels good. Come on in here, get
1: in here. It feels good. Damn! Even, I just saw that you put something under love that says "highest source of pain," which was interesting.
0: That is true. What's hurt more than the the <laughs> heartbreaks in your life? Even if it comes yeah. from best friend betrayal or parents never loving you or an abandonment from a from a parent or uh, the first love that football spiked your heart into a blender. Like, yeah, yeah. love hurts. Or just the most. loving yourself, you know. oh mm-hmm. well, well, good luck with that. You have to know who you are first. Amen. Yeah, People don't even go through the phases of loving themselves. They don't even go on a first date. They don't ask any questions. They don't even like themselves, let alone enjoy being with them, let alone have a crush on themselves to even fall in love. They don't even know who they are. You know why they don't know who they are? Because of the nastiest fuck on here. <laughs> I'm excited.
1: Denial. <laughs> this,
0: this one thing. I have not met one woman huh? yet. Who doesn't have this as her core piece for existence and i haven't met a guy yet who doesn't suppress and deny his emotions in some way shape or form interesting this one thing do you know what this dresses up as protection yeah I can see this is how you protect yourself. This is the mask that we wear to make it. So you believe I am better than I am. This is the thing that I do to make sure you approve of me and you accept me. If I were to have a party with bargaining, anger, depression, fear, doubt, anxiety, if I were to bring all these at a party, denial would come early with beer and food and help you decorate. Right. Denial would show up to say, this place looks like shit. Let's make it look fabulous. So that way people love you.
1: Well, I feel like denial is the ego and, and uh, acting as part of it, right? Because it's like when when you're talking about this, where I reverted those messages of the story, because everyone has a narrative, is protecting the ego. Like people will do more mental work and spend more time, energy and money to protect their current paradigm of their story, which is denial, than to just accept the fact that maybe it's true, right? Like if someone tells me, Correct. hey, you're fucking slacking, you're better than this. And That's the trigger comes out, that and I go, judgment. no, I had to sleep. No, I had to do this. I have this story. I have my kid. I have the, blah, 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 blah. like six excuses. trillion fucking words instead of just being like, maybe I was slacking that. <laughs> like, <laughs> well,
0: the, the warrior's way definition of denial is the war with what is. Ah, interesting. So some things are, some things aren't. And so I have to challenge every judgment. Sure. In fact, if I were to choose an enemy right now that I'd like to expose in front of everybody, it would be judgments itself. I like that. judgment as a system of control. You're fucking slacking, Cal. You're not doing a good job. That's two judgments in one sentence. Right. You know, and this is the way that I try to control you to change for what I want you to be because I have thrown an opinion out that you should conform to in order for me to approve of who you should be. I yeah. will let you know who you're allowed to live as.
1: Right. From another. And then the people do it to themselves. And they say, judgmental. I should be, ba- I should be doing this. And it's like, yeah. should is a judgmental word. <laughs>
0: Correct. Or two is also, you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're too tall, you're too loud, you're too whatever. We're going to just say a two thing that's also a judgment. I just make right. one up. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and so we just throw shit out there to throw out opinions of what I think is it should be like, and you're too much or too little of. We just throw shit out there. Blah. And people try to address or change or adhere to whatever that is without challenge, without question. And so in order for me to be accepted, approved of, loved, and appreciated, What do I need to sacrifice in my authenticity to match what you want me to be? And I will change to be that. If you don't like these sneakers, I'll buy better ones. If you think I need to dress this way to look like success, then I better buy that shirt. If you think I need to act or talk this way, then I'll work on my cadence and delivery so I can fit in with you guys. I'm going to put my eagle suit on so that I can look cool in my fucking jet plane that I photoshopped myself into. This is going to be, well, what did I sacrifice of my authenticity to try to convince you of and tell you this is truth? This is the war with what is. This is denial. I am fake. I am a fraud. I am not honest. I am not sincere. And a lot of times the pain from the sacrifice of what I've had to become so that you like me is too heavy to face because I risk massive loss, perpetuating the reason I'm even in denial in the first place. So I need to feel good. So in order to feel good, I'm gonna do anything that numbs the damage from me trying to live an imposter's life. So I'll drink or I'll smoke or I'll vape Or I'll watch porn or I'll, you know, watch TV all night or I'll eat food emotionally or I'll, you know, online shop or I'll uh, be on social media all night or I'll talk shit about other people. I'll do anything that makes me feel good, even if it ends up having a consequence or cost that does more harm. Denial plus distraction is the recipe for
1: addiction. Interesting. I love that.
0: So if people come at me with addiction issues, people try and go into, let's start with identity. My name is Richard, and I'm an alcoholic. No, the fuck, you are not. My name is Richard, and there's something inside of me that hurts way too much to address. And since I'd never address the core of the reason I do not feel good with who I am, I distract myself to numb myself with alcohol so I can get through the fucking day. Well, Mm -hmm. why don't we go and tear the thing out that makes you hate looking at yourself? So that way I don't need to feel good or numb myself or something that isn't there anymore. And right. if I have a belief system that says I am an alcoholic, like AA says, then no matter what I do to beat it, I am still calling myself an identity of an alcoholic.
1: Understood. Yeah. that's Well,
0: interesting. W- the words we use matter. Yep. In which case the war with what is denial is the nastiest motherfucker of all. Hmm. And that's just one element. You want to play the ladies' side? I got one for the ladies. Let's go into the pieces for what is makeup.
1: <laughs> it's like just basically a form of admitting denial, <laughs> like every single day. It's Whoa,
0: Cal, it's enhancing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's me enhancing myself. Hold on now. Let's look at it for what it is. First off, let's go off of what makeup is. What's the word makeup? If I were to make up something
1: right now, what does it mean? To literally falsify or pretend.
0: Just create something. I just make it up. I just make it up as I go along. I'm just going to make it up. So it means it's made up. It's not real. It's not authentic. It's not true. It's enhancing. No, it's made up. And there's nothing wrong with that because there are women who authentically are cool and comfortable with themselves who wear makeup. But most... It is a curse. It is a curse that was put on you when you were 11 or 12 or around early teens when the curse of comparison comes in. Because first we add doubt. Yeah. You are not good enough. Well, doubt by itself is like, okay, well, what's the offer? Hold on. It's not done. <laughs> Interesting. You're not good enough compared to this girl, this girl, this girl, this girl. But you could be if you wear this makeup if uh, you have this eyeliner if you wear this blush if you have this lipstick if you dye your hair if you you know get a push up bra if you wear long nails if you wear long eyelashes you could be if this is bargaining getting to play now now I have to go in and add denial. This is actually my authenticity. This is who I really am. The push-up bra, the, the waist trainer, the butt-lifting jeans, the high heels, the fake nails, the fake boobs, the big lips, the long eyelashes, the fake hair, this is who I really am. Well, now I'm denying the truth of my reality. Well, what happens if fear gets involved? Well, if they saw me without what I'm showing you, Would they still like me? Would I still get attention? Would I still be able to be loved? Or would they all just reject me? I can never let them see who I am. This is not good. And so we throw in the excuses now. And denial plus excuses creates justification. This means I am completely the good one now by betraying every aspect of myself because of doubt, bargaining, denial, fear, and excuses put together. And I call this enhancing myself.
1: Man, that's so true.
0: That's what makeup is, especially for teenage girls. And it comes from this comparison curse that it it, it, it it it's a team sport. And this is why I say who's the strongest coach? All of us. You know why? Because these fuckers are teaming up and so should we.
1: Yeah. You're you think right. you're
0: going to fight all of these alone? The, the deck is stacked,
1: bro. Martin Luther King Jr. had a really good quote that someone used in their signature of an email that reminded me of what you just said which was essentially that those who wish for peace need to organize as effectively as those who wish for the destruction of war, which I thought was very interesting. And what you just said, I mean, women compare themselves more to the women than any other species I've ever seen on planet earth. And this is reflective pondering that I've been sharing on the podcast recently, which is this maverick is about authenticity, right? So what is the opposite side of authenticity? It's artificial. And today, women especially, at least physically, have gotten so augmented and are artificially jacking themselves up that it's like, what are you doing? Like, I I look at them and, like, inside and out, I don't know who you truly are, but you seem like a very beautiful human being. What the fuck are you fucking with all your shit for? Comparison.
0: (laughs) Well, the burden of beauty leads to one thing. And so what's the most likely addiction when it comes to beauty?
1: I, I don't know. I would say attention or something like that. It's
0: correct. It would be attention. Right. You get noticed and you get more. And if, if you're going to tell me there's no such thing as pretty privilege, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> you, you listen to right. the episode with Sumi Basani, and he's, he's like, no, pretty privilege is a fucking thing. You can get into doors your friends can't get into. That is a thing. And so if you are able to augment yourself to be able to take yourself from a six to a 10 and you can do it, well, then do that shit because the doors open that were closed before. I wish the world wasn't that way, but it is. All of the curses that I've had had to work with with women when it comes to their self-esteem came from another woman. Self-esteem. Why am I not pretty enough? I talked to the guys. I'm like, any of you give a shit that she's a size zero jeans? And guys are like, oh, the fuck? no, I don't <laughs> care. But the women in their life said, you need to be a size zero or a man will never love you. And you asked the men, I surveyed hundreds of men. I'm like, do we give a fuck about this? Cause I'm down with the thickness. So I don't need a size zero. 100%. And like, the guys are like, we don't, I don't even know how, how big or small is that? I don't care. You know, the guys That's don't true. really give a shit about That's that. So They're like, yeah. is she nice? I'll take that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know. And there's really healthy conversations around that outside of the dumb, toxic roundtables they have on social media now. But like just seeing men being willing to accept women as they are, and women now, maybe more so in the past 15, 20 years, being so narcissistic that they have like these checklists of all these things. I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? Like a dude could date a chick who works at McDonald's and be like perfectly fine with it. And not all women, obviously, but there's a lot of women now who are like, he needs this. He needs this. I'm like, the fuck are you there's it's amazing
0: <laughs> it's amazing the the women right now the they are going to shoot themselves in the foot and it's not it's not something that i'm ha- excited about either i have uh three teenage daughters here uh, the way that this game is going they get their asses kicked soon damn. they're either going to be a yeah. part of the change or they get swept in the tide right so like it's it's a scary world to watch so this isn't me going let's bash ladies i've got i've got my own here that i want to succeed but the way that this is path is going women uh, there's going to be an entire generation of women that just are going to show what not to do
1: yeah. and
0: it's going that way very quickly where they go into the burden of performance being their identity but now you are unlovable And they're sitting there alone in their 40s, 50s going, well, it's because men aren't good enough anymore. It's like, no, you destroyed the good ones because you weren't focused on anything that had to do with compassion, empathy, love, connection, or anything that Cal would teach you. You didn't do any of that shit. Right. Right. And so you're going to blame everybody else for your inadequacy because you should be loved for who you are, even though you didn't bring anything to love except for dollars. And he already had those. Yeah, And I tell these ladies, I'm like, you're going to work so hard on your PhD. You're going to work so hard on your business. You're going to work so hard on your finances and your success and your performance. But if I was with you on a first date and said, so you make a 100 grand, that's awesome. If we're together, what's my cut? What's my allowance if you make that much money? Do I get 20, 30, 40K to go play with? How much do I get out of that? Right. And women are like, no, you don't get any. And then why the (laughs) fuck do I care how much money you make? Right. They're doing the wrong things, these generations of women. Then you go into hypergamy and you have the women who are successful, the lawyers, the doctors, the business owners who are self-made millionaires. And who do you date? Right. Well, you've dated, you put yourself out of a window because you can't date a guy (laughs) who makes 30K and be like, I'm in an equal or up relationship. So these guys are in a position where they can, these girls can only date a one percenter and one percenters don't want a competition when they get home. They want somebody who's cool and kind and sweet. They want to come home to Lois Lane, not kryptonite. I don't want to battle. When I come home, I battle all day.
1: You're damn right, man.
0: And so these ladies, this generation is shooting themselves in the foot. And, uh, you know, I've seen even a video yesterday where a lady who was on my show did put herself out there in a negative light. I'm not going to address it because it's unnecessary. And I don't want her to look any worse than she's going to make herself. And so I feel honestly bad about it. And this isn't meant to slight. It's not a judgment. It's not me trying to be mean or cruel because it would probably be meaner to have the conversation. And so I'm like, this is one where, ladies, you have opportunity. You have a chance to bring unity. You have a chance to bring uh, uh, compassion and empathy and understanding and connection. You have a chance where the voice that you have now that people have fought for and died for, for you to have is now being abused, thrown around with blame, shame, judgment in a way that makes you look unqualified for leadership.
1: Right. You're absolutely right.
0: Ladies. If you want everyone else to step up because you're a blame thrower, you shouldn't be leading shit. If you Damn point right. the finger on everybody else isn't good, it's because you don't feel okay. Remember how Tony Robbins says, hurt people, hurt people. He also says, happy people do not hurt people. And if you're saying, I do all the work and you don't do shit around here, it's you. Yeah. Because you don't appreciate the people around you. You don't build people up. You're not encouraging and you're not a leader. You're a nagger. And I'm putting it on the table right there. No names, no nothing. Just saying, there's the shit. Do you see? And we're getting this push for equality. But equality is turned into a subjective conversation for power, sure. not for responsibility.
1: That's a good sign
0: up. <laughs> yeah, I think I went a little too hard right there. I think I just no, got canceled. Hell no, you can't go too hard.
1: <laughs> I just got canceled. No, it it needs to be heard you know like just and i'm glad because that voice will start expanding the authentic voice over Mm -hmm. the artificial like there's just too much of it it's trash you know like well the
0: intention is to help the girls the intent i have i have five females in this house my intention is that they have a fighting fucking chance and they don't with this setup
1: You know, someone, uh, it was a a female author, had a really good audio clip I saved, I'll send it to you, where she was authoring this book on healing and like mental trauma for men and for women. And she pitched mostly to women. And she had a man come up at the end of her book signing who changed the entire course of her uh, life, which was, he said, you know, can you sign these books for me? I love your work. And he said, you know, I realize you talk a lot about, you know, women's problems in this paradigm, but not men. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, that's very convenient. And she's like, what do you mean it's convenient? And he said, because I have three daughters at home who would rather see me die on my white horse than to tell them what I'm really struggling with and to fall and have pain and be authentic as a man it in was this Brene world Brown, was we're it? in today. And it's like, that's the way most men feel. Yes. Like like we can't literally connect in a healthy way. Otherwise, we're labeled as toxic, narcissistic, judgment, uh, too judgment, too soft. Judgment. Like, what are you talking about? Like we're fucking judgment. human beings, dude. Like but we the, can be strong, but goddamn, like but you don't let weapon, a healthy release happen. The
0: weapon against authenticity is judgment. I've been saying this now on the last year of podcasts. Mm-hmm. The weapon against your business is judgment. That is like the that. weapon to make it so your business is never going to make it is judgment. It's not doubt, it's not fear, it's not knowledge, it's not power, it's judgment. Judgment is why people will not listen to you. Judgment is why you will not actually be successful. It's why you won't be heard. You won't be loved. People will judge you instead of understanding. Carl Jung, and I would, would, I'd make it stronger for today's generation. Carl Jung says thinking is hard. So people judge instead. It's true. I would, I would make it stronger. In today's day and age, women do not show men empathy in any capacity. That's why you said I'll die on my white horse versus them know about my feelings. They don't care about my feelings. Women are not showing any empathy for men. And I put it out there that men are more empathetic than women because we will fight and die for you, but you don't even care why. You're damn right.
1: You're damn right. You know, and so (laughs) I would challenge it
0: a little further to say Carl Jung's quote can be strengthened by saying thinking and empathy are hard and that's why people are judging instead
1: i love it man that's a good one
0: so there's a lot we can go into we can destroy the world and build it back up again if we want or we can call it right there and man it was awesome to hang with you cal
1: oh yeah it was well i'd love to have you on uh, one of my episodes if you're open to it because maybe we can continue this into exploring some of carl Jung's deep topics. Like I think one of the most fascinating that I recently read, and a lot of people have read it, the king, warrior, lover, magician, but Mm -hmm. one of the most interesting studies they had found that I want to expand on in our own authentic voice perhaps is this concept that the reason that strong men are uh, deprecating is these three main things. And we could argue this, we could add to it, we can enhance it, but it resonated, which is number Mm -hmm. one, the, the fading away of the father figure in the family, meaning, you know, single moms raising kids, father figure of some sort not being present when they're in early childhood to development. Uh, number two was the sacred ritual of becoming a man, which I thought was very interesting because I believe a lot of us, especially in the Western culture civilization, have these bastardized versions, perhaps, of what the ritual of becoming a man is, like gangs, like fraternity, like even though, you know, I'm not saying fraternity is bad, I'm just saying like, these more bastardized versions of boy-to-man maturity yeah, uh, or just none at all. And you just throw some, a young man out in the world and you say, fend for yourself and fucking make money and t- you figure it out. And then the third, which was the, the final, was toxic femininity. And I'm not talking about feminism in the sense of the fight for equal rights and, and be powerful. I love that feminism. I'm talking right. about toxic feminism, which is – fuck men, we don't need men, they don't matter, and it's like all three of those factors, you start getting some really immature masculine energy coming around.
0: (laughs) Which is true, but each of these has their own answers that lead to the solutions. Each one actually has a bridge, and it just comes down to being able to do what we talked about the whole time. Can we have an honest conversation where we listen for a second? Can we be truthful about what is without living in denial? And can we not bring blame, shame, and judgment in in order to go, well, what do we got here so we can actually lock shields and beat it? Well, right now, there's polarization to make it so that each one of these things becomes your fault. And if we're doing the blame, shame, and judgment game, these are the enemies of progress. These are the reasons in our creed, I don't care what you did. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what happened. Each thing is meant to teach us, not destroy us. Mm And so if you're using things, we're like, where's the fathers? Where's the leadership? Well, what happened? Well, we use the legal system as a weapon to create, you know, orders of protection to make it so you can't see your children anymore. Or the court favored mom, even though she didn't do shit to help he's an upstanding citizen father, but he gets to see them every other weekend. And it's two weeks before he gets to see, hey, I love you guys. And mom says you're a piece of shit and don't love us. Well, fuck, that's destroying your children, toxic femininity. And right. then we got the, the ritual of being a man, even being a teenager where it's not discussed. Your love for being a little boy, but that transition for teenager is love for what you provide, but you can't provide shit yet. Mm-hmm. Burden of performance yields no results when you're at the beginning of the game. And so fuck me. True. I used to be love for being a human being. <laughs> now I have to be a human doing, and no one explained it to me. Fuck. Yep. And then there's toxic femininity. This only works without challenge. Yeah, I don't need a man for anything. And I'll be like, well, come do what I do. <laughs> well, I don't want to do what you do because I shouldn't have to. Right. I'm like, oh, there's a funny thing about this. That's why the transgender stuff, I, I had a transgender person on the call yesterday. I have good people in this world who fall in that thing. They're like, that's not the fucking thing we stand for. These things are nonsense because if I were to uh, right now transition, I'd be in the strongest women on earth. Yep. Now in men, I can't even compete because I have strong men in my in my organization I can't even fuck with. But I can bench three thirty five, I can squat five hundred, I'm not a weak man. Well put me in the women's sphere and I'm one of the strongest guys in the world. Right. Or women in the world. Right. If I identify differently, I become supernatural strong. Right. What is this? Women can do everything men can do. No, they fucking can't. That's why we split shit up. It's not meant to slight. Look at uh Katie Palomino. She was a Marine, and she wrote the article that men and women are not the same. Don't fuck it up. It's not the same. We're not the same at all. She is, by all definition, a badass when it comes to women. Out of the 100 women Marines they put in there, she was number four baddest. Damn. She's tough. And she even said, I couldn't keep up with the slowest guy.
1: Man.
0: She well, made yeah. It, she I mean, made an article. They took that article down quick, but she's been on the news and everything. They thought they were going to come in with girl power, and she's like, slow that <laughs> shit down. She <laughs> said, I really lived it. I really lived it, and it fucked me up. It's not true. And that's a, that's a badass, an actual trained badass. And yeah. she's like, slow your roll there, Turbo. As soon as you challenge, is it real? It doesn't add up. As soon as we go, I want true equal. Equal isn't uh, isn't subjective, and so this is the argument. Here's the riddle. Cal, what is equal? If we have three people that have to go over a four-foot fence, the fence is four feet tall for all three people, but one person is three feet tall, mm-hmm. another person is five feet tall, and another one is seven feet tall. Is it equal that they all have the same four-foot fence, or should the three-foot person have a two-foot stool, the five-foot person stay the same, and the seven-foot person gets on their knees? Now everyone's five foot, which is
1: equal... Yeah. And then you start bleeding down into the rabbit hole of is that communism? Because there's a lot of people start looking at it like, what do we want to give people or do we not give people? Or maybe we're all just born with different circumstances and there's fucking lessons in that. And we can just nut the fuck up and just deal with it. We all have
0: different strengths. And so one person can go under, one person can go over, one person can go through. We have different strengths. So is the problem the fence or is the problem that we're not all the same? let's look at what equal is before we try and figure out how to make it work. I like that. This is the riddle. So let's leave it there right now. It's such a pleasure to hang with you. Cal, we went through a high level training today and we dropped bombs that I hope pissed people off and opened people's eyes. And so there's a aspect of humanity that we just showed people, but if they want more and they want to work with you and they want to hang out with you, where should they go? What should they do? And how do they do it?
1: Uh, thanks, man. It was great connecting with you. So you can reach me at maverickactivationinitiative at gmail.com for any questions and consulting. Go to the website maverickactivation.com to explore purpose, the Initiate Awareness to Manif- Manifestation I Am book and podcast. And then if you want to get into some of the secular coaching I do, you can check it out at watchtradingacademy.com, all the social media too.
0: Hit all the buttons, do all the things. Like, subscribe, and check out the stuff. Cal, always an honor, Warrior. Thanks for hanging out, brother.
1: Thanks, Rick. You're amazing. You too, bro.
0: Click on the button, and you can become the hero in your own story. It's time to start making the choices to change. And the evolution that you're going to do begins with choosing the next step. This is the way. And together, we're always stronger.